Hey there, welcome to the Book of Medora podcast. A podcast where we discuss the lore and the fiction, the story and the characters, and the themes and the narrative of the Legend of Zelda series. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. I feel like this list of what we cover is going to get more exhaustive until you get exhausted saying it. Well, it's like the Bill of Rights, you know, in the Ninth <laughs> Amendment, where it's just because it is not enumerated, it doesn't mean we won't also cover it. That's fair. Monica, the Bill of Rights is uh, a series oh of amendments added to the United <laughs> States Constitution. We have a comparable thing here. It's okay. called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Thank you for... The elucidation is very important for our Canadian listeners, of which multiple have written in before. Yes. In fact, I feel like most people who've said where they are... Are they're from Canada. Canada. Well, the Americans don't feel like they have to identify where they're from because oh. they're kind of the default. No. I do feel bad because I feel like I I just expect Canadians to know American culture and history, <laughs> but I don't know anything about Canadian culture or history. Well, I mean, in fairness, Canadians do know a lot about American culture and history, and no one expects anyone to know anything about Canada, even other Canadians. I joke that this this podcast is two-thirds Canadian, and I don't remember if that's enough Canadian content to qualify to air without um, pause on TV. No, I don't think so. Is it three-fourths? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't actually know. I just like participating. There's a requirement. Or was a requirement. Yeah, I'm sure there is still that requirement and that it's different if you want to air in Quebec. But no, I don't know. Oh, Monica's got her phone out. She's going to look up what the Canadian content ratio has to be. But I mean, it. we edit the show in Canada. It's basically 100% Canadian in terms of its production. Oh, I'm, I can I commit Canadian tax fraud with this show? You cannot. <laughs> you don't own any taxes to Canada or yeah, between. So. I mean... You, I suppose you could pay a tax, and then that would be fraudulent. <laughs> yeah, that's a kind of fraud. Uh, what do you? What happens to you if you pay a fraudulent tax? Do they? Do they just come over and be like, cut it out? Like they're not going to punish you for it. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's a fraud because fraud is specifically when you withhold when you shouldn't be. Oh, I see. I don't know. You'll probably get it back. I don't know either. At some point, Crystal, what game are we talking uh, about? Fifty percent. Oh God, it's fifty. Oh, we yeah, we can air in Canada on the public waves, regardless of how you interpret it. During primetime programming. Nice primetime book of Medora. The game we are discussing on this episode is Triforce of the Gods Two, the 2013 sequel to Triforce of the Gods, released on the Nintendo three-dimensional screen yes that is that that is an enunciation of everything that was involved in that sentence i thought it was interesting there was an iwata asks where he goes and speaks to the director and i think the level designer and some other people and they explain why they they named it as triforce of the gods 2 in japan but decided not to do that for uh, english audiences yeah why did they do that they felt like Triforce of the Gods 2 sounded ambiguous enough, but then they were worried that Link to the Past 2 would make it seem like a remake or direct sequel. So this is another one of those things where they thought that English-speaking audiences wouldn't be able to pick up on it. Yeah, or we're I mean, that's not a wholly unreasonable assumption to make, though mostly it says to me that maybe they should have 
Uh, no, I, I think give, calling it Link Between Worlds was the right call. I agree. I would have liked to see it called Triforce of the Gods 2 in English. <laughs> I could see that. I could like see that Final being... Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, that being the thing you want out of it. I would have liked to see it be called Triforces of the Gods. Oh. <laughs> what? No, that's... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it fits with the game. Okay. No, I, I think I like Triforce of the Gods 2 and... Like, just the thing where we get no explanation for why there's this sudden number jump to two. It just confuses the shit out of people. Oh, no, put the two in front. Two Triforce of the Gods? Yes. Like Resident Evil? Yes. Okay, but is it still pronounced Triforce of the Gods too? Uh, yes, except for when I say it. Okay. Monica always says four Resident Evil. That's how it's written. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Link Between Worlds is an interesting game just in terms of how the fandom interacts with it. Because for many of the people who ended up playing the game, this was sort of a return to form. What they wanted out of the series and its established formula in terms of evolution after a lot of people were disappointed by Skyward Sword. There were also people who were disappointed as early as like Ocarina of Time. You were saying, Crystal? This is the first one of these since Minish Cap. Yeah, it is the first uh, major 2D style Zelda. Mm-hmm. And also the last one as of this recording. Well, no, no, Triforce Heroes counts. That's very, Well, it's the last single player mainline Zelda title in that style. By 2D Zelda, it's worth remarking that originally when they were trying to develop this game... It was sort of pictured as a Spirit Track sequel with Spirit Track's perspective. Oh, that would have been much cooler. Yeah, it was changed eventually to top-down because they felt like it made made the wall sequences pop more. Oh. And I think Miyamoto was like, make Link to the Past 2. That does seem like the kind of thing Miyamoto would do. There was also a plan to have like 50 small dungeons throughout the world. Hmm. You don't say. Like yeah. shrines? Kind of yeah. like shrines. But the Mimo's like, that's dumb. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that one. That'll never work. He apparently shot down like two major ideas. You or know, two pitches. I think that one of the things that I missed m- miss most in the wake of Iwata's passing is the Iwata asks. Because he could talk to game designers as a game designer rather than as a president so you'd get all these really cool insights about how the games were made and what the culture around their production was like and if y'all listening are at all interested in this sort of thing do definitely go read the awada asks concerning link between worlds it's Mm -hmm. a very good read but you know yeah. So this this is this is the game that they gave uh, fans as an apology for Skyward Sword. Shikata, the director, started off as a field designer. Yeah, that feels that feels reasonable given how the game feels to play. And I think they also became the director of Triforce Heroes. Oh, that's interesting, huh? There are a couple of bosses that appear in this game that appear in Triforce Heroes. I, yeah, I Or at can, least one, that yeah, big it, tower is, is that the one with the spinning head thing where you have to throw the bomb on top of it? Yes. Okay, yeah. Or throw yourself on it. Cameron, you alluded to this being the game everyone wanted after Skyward Sword. 
But I think what you're alighting is that this is the most innovative game in the series. Oh, God in heaven. Because this time, <laughs> you can do the dungeons in any order. Exactly the way that people have been asking from the start. It's exactly like the uh, sequelitis video that complained about Ocarina of Time as compared to The Link to the Past. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ability to approach the dungeons out of order is divided into two sections. You will always do, I think it's the East Palace first. Uh-huh. Well, the first two dungeons are always... No, no, no. It's the first one. The second and the third one you can do in any order. The Tower of Hera and uh, what was the other one? Hold on. Uh, this should be easy to remember, but it's not. House of Gales? House of Gales, yes. The House of Gales and the Tower of Hera can be done in any order you want. It's just that the signposting for Ravio's shop is along the critical path to the House of Gales. So you can do them in any order you want, but you're kind of funneled toward the House of Gales in the same way that you're funneled toward Varuta in Breath of the Wild. Are you sure that House of Gales and Tower of Hera are non-sequential? I've... I'm not absolutely confident. I haven't played the game in about four years, but I did play it three times when I did play okay. it. Okay. So, I mean... I'll trust you on that. If, if I'm wrong on this, please write in a correction, because we love correction emails. We love emails in general, but corrections are very strong in particular. And we, we, we don't get a lot of them. We should get more, because I'm wrong constantly. <laughs> constantly. Constantly. He just speaks very confidently. I am so confident I can't be stopped. But yes, this is the game that everyone wanted. The most innovative Zelda title ever released because you could approach the dungeons in whatever order you wanted and you weren't kept to the old samey formula of only being able to collect one item per dungeon and then that dungeon revolves... Wait, hold on. No. Walk that back. Because you could go to the dungeons in whatever order you wanted and get the items as early as you were willing to build up the money for them. And you weren't, like, sidetracked or railroaded by things like story. Yeah, none of that. So the, the, and this is very much the antithesis to the way that Skyward Sword was designed and presented to us. So in many ways, it does actually feel like an apology to the people who hated Skyward Sword. And you can tell that it worked because the same people who hate Skyward Sword tend to really love Link Between Worlds. There is a lot of love for this game. Yeah, it's easily... Until Breath of the Wild came out, I would say that Link Between Worlds was easily the most widely, or not widely because Twilight Princess was so much bigger, but the most uniformly appealing Zelda game released since the N64 era. GameSpot Game of the Year 2013. It didn't get a lot of Game of the Year awards, I don't think, but 2013 was a pretty wild year. What else came out? Oh, they had the uh, Wonderful 101, Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, They had the uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I don't remember what actually won a lot of Game of the Year awards. The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Bioshock Infinite. Oh, oh, that's right. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Oh, yep. Yep. That was Grand Theft Auto V. Right. Anyway, that was a heavy fucking year. 2013 (laughs) was wild. It was almost like 2017, but yeah, it's it's come up before, and we have a slightly less generous feel towards Link Between Worlds on this podcast than the general Zelda fandom 
does. Would, would you two say that's fair to say? Uh-huh. Yeah. Monica, because she doesn't like the story, and me and Crystal, because we don't actually care that much for the structure, but also because we don't like the story. This game feels very eager to please, but not very innovative. The two main new things are you can become a painting and stick yourself to flat surfaces. Yeah. That's actually cool. It is. is It's good. And then the Ravio thing, each dungeon is still just based around one item. It's just that you go buy it before you do the dungeon instead of getting it in the dungeon, which doesn't really change things that much. I think it actually does change them, but it changes them in the wrong direction because they can only be designed around that one item. Now, within the context of this game, that still works because the dungeon design here is very vertical and it feels very good to go through whenever you're playing it. But the fact that they can't design every dungeon or even two or three dungeons to account for you having the hammer, the hammer only matters for one fucking dungeon until you get to Little Rule Castle, really puts a yoke on how creative they can get with your puzzle solving. Right. Because the game assumes that you can't... You initially rent the items. Yes. And you can only rent one item. Mm. And then you can buy them after throwing enough rupees at it. But the game isn't going to give you a dungeon requiring two. No, never. And it there would... aren't, say, multiple paths through the dungeon depending on what items you have. It's yes. no Temple of the Ocean King. And, and sadly, like one fun thing about a dungeon and, I guess, Metroid games is... You look over and there's this mysterious thing and you can't do or get to the other side of this, you know, rift or whatever. And you're like, I'm going to be able to do that soon. But in this game, you have all the tools you need. Yes. It's sort of, it's, it's principle. I think that this is something that was much improved on for Breath of the Wild. Because in Breath of the Wild, you get all of your puzzle solving tools right at the start you get all of them Mm -hmm. so all of the dungeons are built around at least two or three of your rooms Mm -hmm. and that interconnectivity makes for much more complex problem solving but this isn't really a review of link between worlds it's supposed (laughs) to be talking about the story of it okay there's a question that i want to save for the end of the podcast don't let me forget do you want to write it down uh sure Do you want to write it the last page of my notes? How does this game begin? There is an intro. There is an intro. Do you have a... Hold on, I have a text dump here. The text dump is much better than the script. The script leaves things out. Okay, so are we looking at the zeldadungeon.net slash wiki slash a underscore link underscore between underscore world (coughs) underscore text underscore dump? I was looking at Game Facts. Uh, Game Facts, I would recommend. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not reading that URL. There is a legend oft told in Hyrule Kingdom. It is the legend of the Triforce, once kept within Hyrule itself. Said to be a gift of the gods, the Triforce could grant a wish to all those who touched it. So, of course, many wanted to get their hands on it. Wars were fought for the Triforce. The royal family summoned the seven sages, who sealed the Triforce in the sacred realm. But a thief of notorious repute broke into the sacred realm and claimed the Triforce. With its power, he became the demon king Ganon, who sought to dominate all Hyrule. But just as Ganon had the kingdom in his evil clutches, 
a legendary hero answered the call of Hyrule's princess. And this hero, wielding the master sword, took up a quest to challenge Ganon's might. He joined with the descendants of the seven sages to seal the demon king in darkness. The Triforce was divided into three, its tempting power out of any one person's reach. One part stayed with the royal family, while another slipped into Ganon's possession. Legend says that the third part found its home in the hearts of the Hero Eternal. And while legends come to us from the distant past, others are yet to be written. Dun, dun, dun. So, mm, it's... Okay, so they... So let's start off with just describing the intro images. It's a series of paintings. Yeah, paintings. Paintings are kind of a motif in this game. Yes. Okay, now you can jump back to your concerns. Oh, that's it? Uh, We can get into detail on the paintings later. It's actually something that you have to examine in the game. So the Triforce splits up, which is sort of a thing that the Triforce does sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, It happens at the end of the Oracle games. The Triforce, Maybe. They turn into birds, uh, symbolically. Into, and they go away. Maybe. Um, maybe. It's all very, uh, okay, sure, there's ambiguity there, but I think we can agree that that's probably what this is meant to tie back into. The idea that the splitting happens in pretty much every timeline as outlined. I think they put no thought into this. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. The Triforce was divided into three. It's tempting power out of any one person's reach. But one of those pieces immediately went to the dead devil over there, who was dead, but he still got it somehow. Why does Ganon have the Triforce in this? (laughs) Because we're discussing this from the perspective of the the proposed placement in the timeline, which is, at least in the Iwata asks, they say that A Link Between Worlds takes place far in the future of link to the past sure it's not the same link they R- say right it takes place y- in the future one would assume where does the historian encyclopedia place it oh christ hold on it is after link's awakening but i'm not sure it's specific on how long yeah it's placed uh after the oracle games and link's awakening but before triforce heroes with the explanation that Cam mentioned earlier, that the Triforce just separated on its own at the ending of Oracles, turned into birds. And one of them went to Ganon, who was dead. Um, yeah, why not? I can Because he's dead. Because he's, so? Because he's fucking dead. <laughs> this, this timeline doesn't include the idea that Ganon changed the underpinning physics of the universe to make it so that he would always come back with the wish thing going sure maybe the triforce of power being drawn to him is just a manifestation of part of his wish okay i buy that but in Link's you know past. a very yeah. racist man once said oh no that is not dead which can eternal lie oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, he did say that and he was super racist Howard. i have no arguments um what was i gonna say oh He's dead now, too. Did he get the Triforce of Power? Maybe. it's The Triforce in Link to the Past specifically said that Ganon is super dead. Not just dead, utterly, like, completely destroyed yeah. was the phraseology that it used. Like, just obliterated. So, how about we not place this no. in the place? <laughs> it has to be put in the timeline somewhere, but we'll no. come... 
Oh, okay. We'll okay. come to that at the end of the episode. Oh, I thought that just could come next. Oh, you want to do it now? But we haven't talked about what actually happens in the game. No, I mean, let's talk about the intro. Oh, okay. Oh, the intro. Yeah, sure. The intro. Yeah. What about the intro? There's lots of... Oh, there's mention of the Hero Eternal, which you hate. The Hero Eternal... Well, I mean, no, I don't actually hate that because the Hero Eternal isn't the same thing as... Like, the hero being the same person who's just reborn over and over, and there's just, like, a veil between him and his past memories. I have fanfic opinions, goddammit. I can make my pitch for the placement in the timeline right now. Why would you want to do it now? Why wouldn't Because you save- it's all dependent on the lore. It doesn't really matter what happens in this game. Oh, come on. Seriously. Save it for the end. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Fine. So. I think we- the order of events here is a bit interesting. <laughs> How do yes. you mean? That there, the Triforce was kept within Hyrule itself. There were many fours fought over it. Then the seven sages sealed it in the Sacred Realm. Yes. And then Ganon broke into the Sacred Realm and claimed the Triforce. Uh-huh. Yep. Which is a little different than how it is portrayed in The Link to the Past, where it You're- seemed like the Triforce was just in the Sacred Realm the whole time. Well, the way I see it... <laughs> And we're getting into the timeline thing already. This is pre-Ocarina of Time. Okay, look, that is... Monica. (laughs) What? No, this part of the legend is pre-Ocarina of Time. Okay, yeah, sure. You mean it's referring to... Ganondorf, yes. Rauru. (laughs) Yes, Rauru and the Seven Sages. Oh, fuck me. And those Because they're the descendants of the ancient sages referred to by Rauru and Ocarina of Time. Yes. I don't know why you jumped right into this. I told you this was the logical place to discuss this. Okay, fine. (laughs) Um, Raru and the ancient sages placed the Triforce in the sacred realm. And then the descendants of the ancient sages, who were the sages in Ocarina of Time. Yes. Sealed Ganon in after he had stolen part of the Triforce. Yes. And that that makes it consistent with the historian narrative. It's not just, no, you don't see where she's going with this. (laughs) Because what she's saying is that the imprisoning war as described is the one in Ocarina of Time. Yes, but... That means that there was no conflict in Link to the Past to be referred to. That was a separate timeline. Yeah. She's saying this doesn't take place on the same timeline as Link to the Past. <laughs> Wait, ho- hold on. Why, why doesn't it? Because, because it doesn't these events ha- are just Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it's just Ocarina of Time. And it, it actually makes much more sense that the Triforce was divided after uh, the events of Ocarina of Time's imprisoning war. Because it, it, they sealed Ganondorf up with the Triforce of Power, right? Rather than Ganon being dead at the link to the at the end of Link to the Past, and then somehow getting the Triforce of Power. But Monica, uh huh, that the ending of Ocarina of Time doesn't explain how Ganon would die. It doesn't matter. How does Ganon die in this version of your story? Um, he's killed by Link and Orzant in Twilight Princess. Oh. So, Triforce of the Gods 2 is actually a far distant... It's a thematic sequel to uh-huh. Triforce of the Gods, but it's a chronological sequel to Twilight Princess. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I was not mentally prepared for this. <laughs> I told I you I had a hot take. the placement of this was pretty set in stone. Oh, I had the hot take. I was I was waiting a week for this. I was... I, I ended up being um, inoculated a little bit uh, a few days ago when she dropped this on me. And I'm still sort of dealing with it. All parents should inoculate their children against timeline takes. Seriously. Always get your inoculations. Okay. Uh, so, uh-huh. so this backstory is Ocarina of Time. Uh-huh. And Link did not die, so it can't be the downfall timeline. Right. 
Yes. Shall I pitch my my the thing five is, points? To because you? my first thought is that the the sages and and Ganon sealed away, but that still works for the events of Twilight Princess, kinda. Uh, yeah. Okay. The only weakness I see in this from the text as presented in the games is that Link Between Worlds refers to it as the descendants of the Seven Sages. Interestingly, not the Seven Wise Men, but the Seven Sages. I don't think those are really I'm not done. Okay. And in The Twilight Princess, it was not their descendants who did the sealing. It was the ancient sages themselves. Of course, you could just say that the version of the story told in Link Between Worlds is slightly ahistorical. Uh-huh. So I... There aren't really a lot of super obvious holes in this theory that I am able to think of off the top of my head. I think it's fucked up. (laughs) Okay, so let me go through my five points. Oh, God. Okay, I'm glad that we're doing this before we talk about the game itself, I guess. Though there is a question related at the end of this episode that you're going to have to answer with regards to this timeline. Can I peek? No. Oh, so, one, um, I guess we covered this already. A legendary hero teams up with the descendants or incarnations of the Seven Sages. Um, I think later on in the game, it also mentions that. Just Okay. So, so, so that matches up pretty well with the events of Ocarina of Time slash Twilight Princess. There are pendants of virtue that apparently the original Link used to get the Master Sword. But those are comparable to the Sacred Stones. Sure. Again, perfectly aligned with Ocarina of Time. They're even the same colors as the Sacred Stones. Yes. Um, to the specific line is that they seal the Demon King in darkness. Okay, Twilight. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whereas in the end of Link to the Past, Ganon just dies. He's just he wasn't killed. Sealed. He's not sealed for shit. He explodes. Right. So- Gan is not sealed in Twilight Princess. He is murdered. Well, in the in the first, the ceiling, like a lot of the events in the backstory of um, Twilight Princess, rather. Monica's saying that they're conflating the events of Twilight Princess with the events of uh, Ocarina of Time, at least a little bit. Yes. The history but is becoming blurrier. The events of Twilight Princess that we're referring to would have been in the adult timeline. Yeah. The events of Twilight Princess are in the child timeline? They are in the child timeline, in the child yeah. Timeline. Yeah, but Crystal's saying that the stuff with the sages was oh, in the adult timeline. That's fair. That, yes. That's the thing that I was referring to when I said that it wasn't the descendants of the sages who mm. sealed Ganondorf mm-hmm. in Twilight Princess. It was the ancient sages themselves. That's fair. Darunia and Ruto and Saria never showed up. There's oh, Okay, so this is referring to the war <laughs> that would have happened in the child timeline. Yeah, yes. I guess. It reminds me said what the actual sage... Anyway, I'll get to that later. Sure. Um, three, it explains the Triforce split. It does. Whereas there's no reason for it in Link to the Past. Well, there is in the Oracle games. Um, and it's quite possible that the events of Twilight Princess have mostly been forgotten or never known to the public. Right. They were mostly, it was a shadow war, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is predicated that most of the adult timeline may have been known to the royal family itself. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So parts of this could have been, the adult timeline could have been known. Uh, oh, the the sages. So the link between world sages um, are descendants of 
some form of descendants of the sages. Okay. And the link to the past sages are all Hylian or human. They seem to be, yeah. Whereas the link between world sages, one is Azora. Right. One is kind of human, but looks very Gorin, the blacksmith. Sure. Or minor, rather. No, I got it. And there's, I'd say there's loose analogies to the Ocarina of Time people. Oh, absolutely. Though, as Crystal pointed out, this is actually a weakness in the theory. Because, wait, unless you're suggesting... The sages awaken in some form. No, no, not, not, living. Not, not even that. But that, like, maybe these are descendants of the ancient sages themselves. And they awaken in place of Darunia and Saria and Ruto. That, that's a perfectly fine way to see it. Also, or... it's the same Impa. Yes, well, maybe. <laughs> no, it's the same Impa. Impa lives for a long time. Oh, okay. The other thing is that there are seven sages here rather than six plus Zelda. That's an, also an issue with Link to the Past. Ye- but yes, they're oddly enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of them is must be like a branch off from the royal family. According to either version of its placement in the timeline. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's also possible that the seven sages or the six sages never died in the child timeline, but still became sages at some point in their lives. Sure, that could happen. That's the interpretation I prefer. Okay. And I have loose analogies for each sage with who they may be. Oh, well, yeah. It does depend on, I guess, Saria having a descendant who is highly niche. Uh, no, I don't buy it. No, not at all? Not that one. Well, in the Link to the Past sequel, they're all... Sorry is a forest spirit. Yeah. I, I still, I will not, cannot, and shall not subscribe to any theory by which Kokiri are actually Hylians. Oh, I don't subscribe to that. And, like, the idea that they would grow up if they left the forest doesn't fucking work. Sorry is a, like, a wood sprite. She ain't got no descendants. She's just a spirit. Okay. Yeah. So is, is that is that so, the theory? No, five. The Master Sword is still in the forest. That still fits. You have to look. It oh, does okay. not rest forever. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Oh, that ending to Link to the Past doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. If we doesn't. want to maintain the integrity of that line, then this theory is necessary. <laughs> this theory is necessary to say that the Master Sword was laid to rest forever at the end of Link to the Past. Well, Because the Master Sword is never drawn in the original Legend of Zelda. I mean, it is. The Magic Sword is clearly supposed to be the Master Sword, but it's also not, textually speaking. Mm-hmm. So I guess it may fit pretty well. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, and I guess it was in the woods in Twilight Princess to be found here now in the woods is oh, what I mean. Okay. And my final point is that in Link's house is Majora's Mask. Oh, right. <laughs> Shit. A neutralized Majora's Mask. Hey, Crystal, do you still subscribe to the idea of details like those being canonical? Yes. So that's but, that's the mask. But Majora's Mask was given to the Happy Mask salesman. Given to? returned to i thought we had agreed he had stolen the fucking thing oh by link at the end right yes okay but the fact is that it still had the evil driven out of it in this timeline which places this firmly in the child timeline yeah it does thank you (laughs) thank you oh using background details as lore indicators is very fucking dangerous i know i know i'm not like married to this theory but 
you've I like it. You've built a pretty good case Thank you. as timeline theories go, and for how fucking weird this one is. This but, one's weird because it's just a sequel to Link to the Past. But given that, uh, you know, I'd say the strongest points would be the the Triforce being split, and with the Ganon has the yeah, goddamn Ganon, Triforce, Link, the royal family. Fuck. That makes the strongest argument for this theory. Oh, also, 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 mm-hmm. also, also, also. We we were having discussions before about how Ganon's wish in the Link to the Past is metasynchronous with his uh, breaking out of the seal in Wind Waker. Yeah, but we never quite were able to connect it perfectly to Twilight Princess because the Divine Prank already has an adequate explanation, right? And the him becoming a dark god thing is also kind of adequately explained just by him having the Triforce. I suppose. But after Ganon is killed, how does he come back? Uh, okay. Because of the wish. Huh, okay. Because he loses the Triforce of Power at the end of Twilight Princess. The power of the wish could have returned it to him and empowered his spirit. Just enough. Just enough. Okay. Or perhaps Ganondorf, I think, is perhaps dead entirely. But the concept of Ganon has now entered the world. Transmitted through the Triforce of Power that resonates with that wish. Yes. Uh, Thanks, you two. I don't want this to work as well as it does. <laughs> I'm. We're going to have to... Fucking... <laughs> Triforce of the Gods 2 is a sequel to Twilight Princess. <laughs> this is how we start off this episode. This is... Oh. I don't For know. all of we, your lore hot takes. Do we even need to talk about the actual story of the Book game Book of now? Midora. Book of Midora. Like, coming from me and the shit that I have said about how this timeline works in this podcast, this is fucking wild. I told you that by now I think I've had more weird lore hot takes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, you come up with some fucking strong I, ones, though. God the, damn. The link, um, this is like a 500-pound gorilla Four Swords Adventures being the linchpin. Yeah. Is also... You're right. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. I yeah. mean, is is this really any weirder than Four Swords Adventures being the sequel <laughs> to Twilight Princess? <laughs> no, not at all. That was, that was ridiculous. This has more textual backing. It does. It actually has more textual backing than the Hyrule Historia. Our listeners are getting the front-loaded uh, experience for this particular episode. Uh-huh. I'm glad that they got to start off strong. It, we're 40 minutes and we haven't started the game. <laughs> no. Do, do not press start yet. Like, I thought that I would um, start the episode by using the title screen jingle, but now I may pick something else and insert the title screen jingle uh, whenever we actually <laughs> decide to press start. Because that's a good title screen, Jingle. It's just a link to the past one. It's good.
Yeah, they did the whole Triforce flying in thing with the harp. Yeah, it's um, it's the first indication that you get about how hard this game goes in on trying to be linked to the past again. Kind of feeling like how Twilight Princess was made sort of to address all of the grievances of Ocarina. Yes, absolutely. That This is to Link to the Past as Twilight Princess was to Ocarina of Time, with all the same strengths and weaknesses of that approach. Shall we start the game? No. Why would we ever? I mean, yes, we have to. Uh, Link is dreaming. Link is sleeping in this. Sure, yeah, opening. as happens. He has a prophetic dream, and he is fighting Ganon. He He's fighting Ganon in the dream. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember this very well. Is it played out through, like, uh, just painting graphics or what? No, real graphics. Oh, real graphics. So is it something that you play? No, it's just a cutscene. He doesn't really fight. I think he has a sword and kind of, like, looks terrified. and It gets his shit smacked around by Ganon. I, there's no fighting. It's just it's he, shit Ganon smacked moves. around by Ganon, but it's implication. It's actually very reminiscent of Link's dream of the imprisoned. Yes, it is. Oh. Um, Link is woken up. Um, by Gully. Gully, who is the flute boy, basically. The child of the blacksmith. Link is an apprentice back blacksmith, and he's late. So that's a callback to Minish Cap, kind of, that he's an apprentice blacksmith. Yeah. Well, we linked something. I've linked a picture of a deep sea fish with feet. Oh, my God. Which reminds me of the imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that little uh, uh, Mr... Ring, wiggly toes. Wiggly toes, yeah. I'm sure if it opened its mouth, it, there would be, you know, rows on rows of teeth. Rows on rows of teeth and a big sphincter at the back of its throat. Although the crab at the back with the spider legs is even more terrifying. Oh man, don't <laughs> fuck with that crab. He's for real. This fish does also have a very big mouth. I think the imprisoned might have been based off it. Oh, that would be way too silly, but I believe it. What's the name of this fish? The sea toady? I'm not sure. It was in Blue Planet too. Okay, Blue Planet is a very good documentary series. So Link wakes up in his house. Majora's Mask is inexplicably on the wall. It sure is. Oh, this was related to why people thought that the Majora's Mask 3D was coming. Yes, it's probably why they put it there. But now it's created canonical implications. Yes. Um, You tromp on over to the blacksmith who chews you out and... The blacksmith is making a sword for a uh, the captain of the guard. Slightly different from how it was going in Minish Cap. Was this the same scenario, writer? I wouldn't be surprised. We should check that. No, we'll check it later. But the captain promptly tromps off without his new sword for some reason, and so you are tasked with bringing the sword over to him. He's yep. not at the castle. He has a crush on the shrine girl None person. Oh, the one with the blue hair. Yes. The village, the blue maiden. Yes, the blue maiden, yeah. Saris. So he has gone off to the sanctuary. And so Link goes to the sanctuary and shit is going down at the sanctuary. Yeah. Yuga's there. Yuga's there and he sees Yuga turn the captain into a painting. Well, the captain's already a painting. The yeah, maiden it, it's like he starts off as a painting on the wall who looks sort of more like a chalk drawing. Yuga's actually not a very good artist. No. But also he turns the Blue Maiden into a painting. Yes. And... She gets framed and everything. <laughs> yes. This game starts off fast. Yeah, it does. There's not a lot of explanation. Again, similar to Link to the Past. Yes. Hey, I have a question for you too. The uh-huh. whole painting thing. Is it fucky? No. Okay. 
A little bit. All right. I just. Want... I, I think the paintings kind of look like the mural in Breath of the Wild. Oh. The yeah. art style. A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. Sorry, I'm, I'm scouring the interior of the sanctuary to search for Christian references. Oh, <laughs> Is it working? Are you finding anything? Uh, not really. Isn't guess... that really just more of an indicator that this isn't the same timeline? <laughs> right, exactly. Because the symbol of Hylia never uh, transformed into the crucifix of Christendom. Exactly. There's no Hylia in this game. There's mm. no Hylia in this game. What the fuck? Already at this point, sharper players who are not children would be like, oh, Yuga's making reference to her grace, really looking forward to this. Yes, yes, yes. So he's serving someone. Yes, a female someone. Yes. Which always narrows down the likely culprits to one person. Yep, always one person. Uh, Link blacks out and wakes up at home, and there is a mysterious guy... Dressed in purple with a scarf and a, a bunny hood. Yeah, a big bunny hood. But it's not like a bunny hood like Link might wear in the past. This is one that covers his ears. So it doesn't look like he has four ears. Like a hoodie. It's like a hood. It's basically a bunny mask. Well, no, it's like a more appropriate hood. Okay, yeah. It's like a cowl almost. Sure. Yeah. Batman style cowl. Cape and cowl. Mm. And this person's name is Ravio. And he has a weird little monster thing. A little little cute birdie guy. Is it a bird? Yeah, a little birdie guy. It looks like one of those dream Pokemon to me. Oh, yeah. It looks Luna. like one of the ones that kind of float around and they have all that mist around them. And they kind yeah. of eat your dreams. I think it's Myrna or Muna. Yeah, something like that. But this has little wings and stuff and it tweets. So it's a little birdie guy. Okay. Um, so Ravio is like, listen, um, I got you out of the sanctuary. That's cool and all. But uh, I'm technically homeless. Could I stay with you a while? He posits that this house is deserted initially. Oh, okay. And you're like, no, this is my house. This is my house, man. And he's like, are you sure? It's no, no, it's deserted. But anyway, um, he insists on staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's he was, like, he's I, roughing it for a while. I got nowhere to live. Uh, I'd like to stay here. And Link is like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. You could say no. I think it doesn't matter. No, I'm saying that like... It, Link could say no, but no matter what you say, Link agrees. You get a bracelet in exchange. Yeah, he's like, thanks for giving me that uh, place to live so I don't die of exposure. Here's a bracelet. It might serve you in the future. Who knows? It's a bit old. It's a bit old. It's played off as not a nice exchange because it's smelly. Yeah, it's a smelly bracelet. He's kind of a stinky man, Ravio. It looks like an eye. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it does. It's got kind of the Vati or Majora motif going on it. Did you say Vati or Shika? Uh, I'm going to just, I'm not even going to bother looking at a picture of it. I'm just going to say Vati because that that's the kind of story that this is. This is a very minish cap kind of story. So you leave Ravio and you got to go like, oh, with the guard captain's fucking toast. And also the blue maiden got stolen. I better go talk to somebody. Ravio insists you go alert the castle. Oh, okay. Sure. So you run off to the castle to speak to Zelda. This Zelda is ruling the kingdom. Yes, she's definitely the reigning monarch. Various guards have said that. Yes. Is this the first instance of the series? No, Twilight Princess definitely came earlier. Okay, never mind, never mind. It's one of the rare ones. And yeah, it's 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 pretty uncommon where she's just the ruler of the kingdom. This firmly establishes that the princess title doesn't mean much. No, it does not. Um, 
You get explicit reference to Impa being a descendant of a sage. Yes. Oh, do you? Yeah, but just by a guard hanging out near the paintings. Oh, that's interesting. I think at various points in the game, they do mention these sages or these people are are descendants of sages. Maybe that's why Yuga is able to find them so easily because their heritage is known. Yes. Okay, that would make sense. Um, Tough for the Blue Maiden, though. She's dis- I guess she's the one descended from the Branch family. I was thinking it was either her or uh, Sarah Hashala's oh, God in heaven. ostentatious student yeah, who yeah. has a little Triforce on his robe. Oh, that would make sense. Shalashaska. Shalahas- I can't say that name. I think Shalash- Salashaska is the name for uh, Revolver Ocelot, <laughs> and uh, Crystal is making a funny. Oh, that's very funny. Monica actually thinks that's funny. She's not being sarcastic. I, I for- thought that was a probable pronunciation of the name. Yeah. I used to call it Sheral Shala, but I usually don't really pay attention to vowels and consonants. Soybean Hormel Spam. What? Why? That- Soybean Hormel Spam. That one kind of missed me there. What? Why Soybean you- Hormel Spam. What's this referencing, Crystal? <laughs> Soybeans. No. <laughs> and Hormel Spam. Okay. Sometimes if you dig any deeper, you hit a rock. <laughs> so, 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 so you go, you gotta go to the castle. Link is initially nearly turned away by a guard. Impa rescues him and says, hmm, this kid might be up to something. Come on, you. Wait here and look at these paintings while I go talk, to, talk the, to Zelda. Talk, talk to the reigning head of the kingdom and you can look at the paintings. It's worth pointing out. I didn't point this out earlier, but there is... A mistake with the paintings either way. On the last picture of the paintings, there's Link and Zelda sort of huddling close and seven sages in the background. Oh, so no matter how you look at it, this doesn't fit. Yeah, no matter how you look at it, the painting's wrong. Oh, okay. Are the sages depicted in a way that's gender coded in either direction? No, okay. it's much too painty for that. Okay. How do they know that Ganon has the Triforce? <laughs> Uh, if well, this was the adult timeline, they would, but... Well, I, I think that it might be as simple as the royal family passing down the Triforce of Wisdom lets them keep track of the other two. Okay. I, I, if, I had to, if I had to, like, hand wave a reason that they know Ganon has it, it would be that. And that's also why Zelda reacts to Link the way she does. She's like, oh, you're the one. Yes, and this uh, Link is a stranger to Zelda yeah. when they meet. She insists that, but she has seen him in a prophetic dream. As is the style in her family. And it's the same dream, I think, that Link has been having. She remarks on that. Ganon shows up and it's yes. bad. Uh, she directs him to Sarasrahla. Saharasla, I think. Saha. Sarala? Maybe Saharasla. That would be much easier. Sahara Sam. Sahara Sam. Um, oh, and she gives you a phone strap. She What? The, the pendant of courage. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I thought they were jumping way too far ahead in their relationship. A very cute phone strap. That would be so forward. <laughs> she does just give you a little trinket, though, and she presents it as a trinket. And it's a family heirloom. Yeah, but that's just... As a trinket. Yeah, but she... Gives it to you as if it was just a phone strap. That who is it that you find out that she used to just stand around and look at these paintings at night? I think it's a guard. Because you do find out that she's like enamored with the story of the hero. 
Yes. She's 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 not much of a character in this she's one. She's not much of a character in this one and she's not much of a character but she's also not much of a character who happens to be really into the fantasy that requires her to be a damsel in distress, which, you know, fine girl, we all have things we want. But boy, this is uh this is a version of this character. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, one of I, the few voiced Zeldas. Yeah. She she is actually voiced in this one. Stow your fear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Crystal, what do you think of people who argue that that's actually linked to the past Zelda? Uh, the design does mix elements of a link to the past and a link between worlds. Could that be the uh, triple Triforce of the Gods Zelda? Yeah. Three Triforces of the Gods? What if we get a 2D Zelda next year and the design for Zelda is straight out of Smash, including like her open-toed sandal boots? That'd be good. Yeah, it's a pretty good design. Smash Zelda is so carefree. Yeah, and I like her. Not snarky, no. but um, what what what's the term? Um, I mean, it's really it, funny. Where I'm from, we'd say she's a pistol. Ah, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, and that doesn't seem to match Link to the Past or Link Between Worlds. No, not at all. I'm glad that Sakurai went that route, though. Yeah, the character designers who worked on Zelda in Smash Ultimate definitely made the most of that design. And it would be fun if the next 2D Zelda just used her wholesale. She could even make oblique references to Smash and bring Smash Brothers into the continuity. <laughs> like the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 stuff obliquely brings Smash into the Xenoblade continuity. So you're tasked to find... S guy. Yeah, the sage. Yes. He's not at his home in Kakariko. He's not in Link to the Past either, right? Um, he's in hiding in Link to actually, the Past. I, I think he... Mm, no, I can't remember. I think he's in hiding in Link to the Past. You meet him at least once. Don't you go flipping back through your notes. We don't need to know this. Wait, is he in Kakariko? I think he actually is in Kakariko Village. Oh, okay. You meet him in Kakariko Village and he sends you to the Eastern Temple. To, to warn... His disciple. Yes, to warn his disciple that Yuga's... Who is a descendant of a sage. Who is a descendant of a sage that Yuga's running around stealing people. Yes. Sarah Sam has some interesting lines. Mm-hmm. I believe it was in the days of my grandfather's grandfather's grandfather. Yes, surely. A deceitful wizard conspired against all goodness to revive the demon king Ganon. Okay. Now that's the funny thing there. That sounds a lot like a Ganem. But it could also be Zant. I guess it could be Zant. <laughs> Though Zant wasn't really deceitful, so to speak. Unless you're talking about deceitful from the perspective of the Twily. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. Though that does feel like a concrete reference to Link to the Past. That's true. My grandfather's 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 time. Which would put it about 150, 200 years in the past. Depending on how old he lives. Granted. I mean, in in later Zelda titles, such as Breath of the Wild, uh, your grandparents are about 100 years older than you are. <laughs> People don't have kids until they're 50. Honestly, that's probably a pretty decent system. You go over to the Eastern Palace. You need the bow. You need the bow. And it's like, hey, go get the bow. And you see, look over there, and really brightly colored in purple just pop out from the rest of the background. You see a sign that says, hey... Ravio's opened up a shop to the south of Hyrule Castle. You should come on over. So you go back to your house, and Ravio has turned your house into a shop. 
How much does it cost to rent versus to own? Very cheap. It's like a tenth as much. I like how when you rent, you ha- there's a little bunny ear on the item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cute. Yeah, but you can't do upgrades later without actually owning them, so... And there's something where if you game over, you lose the item. Oh, absolutely. You lose your rental. Little birdie boy will show up, pick it up, and fly it away from your corpse. So I just, like, bought them outright. Of course. I think that a lot of people spent the time necessary playing mini games or whatever to build up the rupees so that they could buy any item as soon as they got it. But anyway, you tromp through the Eastern Palace, and I think at the very beginning you already hear a scream. Now, the Eastern Palace kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game, because unlike the past few Zelda titles, it doesn't really try to give you an indication of how these dungeons fit into the world, thematically speaking, because these are here because they were in Link to the Past. That's the whole reason they exist. Yes. So there isn't like a story reason that you're going through, like what is the Eastern Palace? Why is it filled with these traps and puzzles? Who fucking knows? There's no explanation. It's because of Link to the Past. And that's one of the narrative weaknesses in the environmental storytelling of Link Between Worlds, and that the answer to all of these questions is because Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. That's very uninteresting to me as someone who likes examining what dungeons are. Yeah, there's not too much to examine of many of the dungeons. Yeah. I've only made brief notes. Okay. (laughs) You chomp on through the dungeons. Yeah. And the boss is Yuga. It's Yuga. Hey, Yuga. You have to fight him... Three, four times in this? I think that it's only three if you're counting the final battle. Okay. Yeah. I, I might be wrong, though. We'll count as we go along. Sure. There, this battle, you don't do very well. No, you don't. I mean, you get to a winning point, and then he turns you into a painting on the wall like he did to the guard captain. Yuka can turn himself into a painting. That's how he avoids some of your attacks. Mm-hmm. Or all of them? I can't remember. But you get turned into a painting... He has turned, oh shoot, what's his name? Osfala. Osfala. Into a painting. And uh, distressingly, Osfala has the sand rod. Osfala is kind of the, um, if this were a shoujo story, he'd be the hot-headed romantic rival. Sure, yes. No, absolutely, that's what he is. Doesn't he have a crush on Zelda? He thinks he's better than you because he's a sage descendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those. Yes, Genius will always beat hard work. He's that character. Yes. He has rented the sand rod, and it's captured with him in the painting along with the bunny ears. Right. So you can't rent it. Bastard. Very distressing. He's horrible. And Yuga poofs off, happy that you're going to be a painting for the rest of your life. Well, forever, basically. Yes. And this is kind of horrifying because it shows that... um, the people that Yuga turns into paintings seem to still be conscious. Yes. How do you suppose that works? I, I don't think it matters how it works. It's simply that it works. And you can be a painting on the wall um, forever? Forever. Like Harry Potter. Aren't the paintings in Harry Potter not the actual people? No, they are. What? Hmm? I don't know Harry Potter. What do you... Okay, explain this. What do you want me to explain? How the paintings in Harry Potter are related to the actual people that they're depicting. Oh, well, when you die, your soul goes into the painting. I do know that Harry Potter has photographs, and the photographs move. 
No, I think I remember this. This comes up because after Dumbledore dies, his painting in the headmaster's office comes to life, right? Yeah. It's like he he prepped it as a uh, repository for his soul. What if you don't have a painting? <sighs> Shit out of luck. What, why doesn't Voldemort make a painting? Good question. <laughs> well, I can't do magic as a painting, I don't think. Oh. Uh, uh, mm. I feel like, you know, anything better than Oblivion. I mean... I mean, if you hooked up a painting to, like, one of those iPad robots... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gave it a robot arm, could it do magic? Could it wave the wand around? I mean, surely, right? It's gotta be... I think that if they were more creative, they could figure out a method to make that work. And, like, the sequel series to Harry Potter has the painting of Voldemort being wheeled around by, like, the helper robot from the Venture Brothers. I thought Voldemort's strength was also, like, leading a group of cronies. Oh, yeah, he's like Hitler, basically. Anyway, we've diverged. Yeah, a little bit. We don't often go into Harry Potter on this show. No. It's usually, it's usually Assassin's Creed, sometimes Elder Scrolls, very rarely Metal Gear. Harry Potter, this might be a first. You gotta lean further forward. So you tromp off to, I think it's the House of Gales. No, you haven't actually said what, what happens here. Well, because, oh, yeah, we beca- jumped. <laughs> because um, the the bracelet that Ravio gave you starts to glow. Yes. And you can see Link's painting eyes shift to look at oh, the bracelet. Alarming. And then you can move around on the wall. You fall out. You fall out. And it turns out you now have the ability to turn into a painting and run around on walls at will. Gee, that sure was a fortuitous gift. It sure was. It's almost like Ravio has some kind of insider information about what's going on here. But this is not going to be interrogated by Link until much later. And in fact, Link never does. (laughs) Ravio has to explain it to him. Uh Uh-huh. Woo! Link Uh, does not have the Triforce of doziness. No, nor does he have the Triforce of critical thinking. Uh, wall painting makes some great puzzles. It does. It's a very fun mechanic. I felt like I got stumped in a few rooms for more than a minute. Because you forgot. Because I forgot. <laughs> you could just jump into a wall and then walk along like the wall, pass a rift and whatever. Some people have argued that the wall painting mechanic made puzzle solving in this game too uniform. Crystal, what do you make of that particular criticism? Too uniform. Because so often the solution is to go into the wall and move right or left. I mean, it's not a difficult game, no, but like it's fine. Yeah. What people want. They want... Um, I, I guess four-dimensional thinking, I guess. <laughs> but okay, but the that applies to every other ability. Is like, oh, you just use the sand rod to make a sand pillar. You just turn into a wolf. You just turn into a wolf. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fine for one game. I think that it's actually really great within the context of this game myself. I was just curious to know if either of you two shared that particular criticism. Right. If it was just if it was multi-gamed, then it would probably be a bit stale. Yeah. But for this one game, it's a neat mechanic. Sure. So now that you can turn into a painting at will, you leave. Yes. And Saharasla gets in touch with you and is like, "Hey, so um, it turns out you've got the pendant of courage." No, that's later. Oh, is that later? Uh-huh. I thought that he tells it to you when he sends you after the other two. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? <laughs> it's okay, either later me- or- Let's go with your memory. It's either later or now. 
I, it, it may be now. Oh. No, the, the, the castle gets sealed up is the important thing. Oh, no. Are you checking? See, it's important that the castle gets sealed up because they try to run over to the castle and they're like, oh, shoot. We've lost contact with Zelda and Impa, who is a sage. Okay, so yes, this is the moment where he's like, oh, we're screwed. The problem is that one of the the pendants of virtue is in Zelda's possession. And it looks like this. And Link is like, I have it. Yeah. And Saharis is like, all right, good. The pendant that was necessary for the Master Sword. It would have been really funny if they lost. Oh, no, it'd be terrible. Yeah. But Zelda saw this coming. Yeah. She's like, oh boy, I get to be in distress I now. I get to give my phone strap. <laughs> yeah, sure. You had to try and make that into a shippy thing to make it less stupid. Yeah. But this whole bit is nonsense. Anyway, um, so yeah, she, uh, she. it's like, oh, you have the thing. Go get the other two. One is at the House of Gales. One is at the Tower of Hera. Also, save often. Saving is done through the wooden uh, wind. Bird statues? Yeah. Weather veins. Weather veins, thank you. Yeah. The weather veins have replaced the bird statues from Skyward Sword, though they are wood bird statues as opposed to stone bird statues. They're the same thing. You run into a, a witch at some point, Irene, who you can actually use as a warp. Yeah, absolutely. Irene is, uh, what was the name of the witch from the Oracle games? Maple? Maple, yeah. She's basically, ma- she's exactly Maple. She's just Maple. She's just Maple. She even does the thing where she slams into you, I think. That, that might not be right. I'm just thinking of Maple with the vacuum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, she'll shunt you over to the any weather vane you want. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so what, what is the story uh, sequencing surrounding? What's up, Crystal? You know what Maple's last name is? Syrup? No, what? Syrup. Yeah! And she also has a similar color scheme to... Captain Syrup from the Wario Land. Uh, I thought that the other witch in the game was named Syrup. She is. Oh, so it's Maple Syrup and her... Uh, her Mom Syrup Syrup? Her, her teacher Syrup. Syrup Syrup. Oh. I think I think they're related. Okay, so Maple Syrup and uh, Mistress Syrup, as it were. Yeah. And also her cousin, Captain Syrup. Okay. Good. I'm glad that's where we are. That's a thing. And I guess they produce all the syrup items that refill your uh, technical points in the Mario uh, paper games, the Paper Marios. I should think so. Yeah, that would that would be, make consistent sense. Are there any, like, story couchings for how you move through the next two dungeons? A little bit. Okay, tell me about, we'll say the House of Gales first. Yes, because Tower of Harris is third. Yeah, I guess. Um... You need the flippers. Oh, boy, this one. Uh-huh. You need the flippers. You need to get it from the Zora Queen. Uh-huh. The Zora Queen Orin is in a predicament. She has lost her smooth stone. The smooth stone is very interesting because, one, it's a confirmation that this game is trying very hard to recapture the same thing that people thought were maybe funny back in 1992. Two... It is also a good illustration of how the English and Japanese versions of the script were written concurrently. And the differences between them are not necessarily down to translation, but the fact that they were each written from different perspectives. Now, the fact that the Zora Queen has lost her smooth stone has resulted in her being corpulent. She is bloated in the extreme in what might be taken by 
um, we'll say anyone with any sense as a visual joke about how funny it is when you're really fat and stuck in something. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. In English, they explain this by saying that the Zora Queen has so much power that she can't contain it in her own body without the Smooth Stone's ability to regulate it. In Japanese, what the Smooth Stone does is it makes her thin explicitly. It's like, um... This is just how she looks. That character from Naruto. Yeah, it's like that character from Naruto, Tsunade, kind of. Who spends, like, the majority of her mystical ninja power... Keeping herself young-looking when she's actually, like, 55. God help you if you ever hit 55. Um, (laughs) So, and the way that the different soldiers talk about the predicament of the Zora Queen also differs between the English and the Japanese versions. Because in the English versions, they're like, oh, we have to help the queen get her power back under control. If we don't, then terrible things could happen. And in the Japanese version, they're like, wow, I miss when our queen was hot. Yeah. Does that indicate that they were written concurrently or that Nintendo Treehouse tried to make the best of a poor situation? I think that there's actually something about this on Legends of Localization that... um, it's something that that particular writer got into that indicated that they were written concurrently and that this isn't, strictly speaking, a translation issue because a lot of Nintendo games nowadays are actually like written collaboratively between different languages. That's pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, this whole sequence is one long fucking fat joke. Link to the Past also had fat jokes. Yes, it is explicitly a reference to that particular uh, element. Fairy? Of Link to the Past's framing. And it's not the only fat joke in this game either, though I think that the other woman of size is treated with a bit more empathy, but not a lot. Anyway, it's bad. And the fact that the Zora are a a peaceful people is further evidence that this is in the child timeline. Uh Uh-huh. Also, they look like monsters. They look like the monster Zora from Link to the Past, even though they're nice. Fair. Are there even any Zora in this game that spit at you? I don't think there. I don't know. I, I don't remember. To be perfectly honest with you, I could not tell you. There, are, she refers to some river Zora that are highly territorial. Hmm. Intriguing. So you're uh, intruding on their territory, and they're trying to drive you out. They're not evil. They're just like get out of my house. Oh, and her name Orin. She's one of the few sages that is named after a color. I think this is kind of lost in the English translation, but I think there's a yellow. Oh, interesting. And a red, maybe. Oh. Just to, to like, like Link to the Past, the different colored maidens. How they do have you no get distinguishing the... features. Oh, yeah, because they're all just colors. Yeah. How do you get the smooth stone again? Uh, a thief has made off with it. Oh, boy. The thief doesn't know of its importance and has sold it off. An uh, apology, I think he gives you bombs? bombs look i didn't note it <laughs> you can look it up fine whatever you you get you get the smooth stone back yes how does this involve you getting to the house of gales you need the flippers oh so you give her the smooth stone and she gives you the flippers it's or, a smooth gem but i didn't want to correct you i don't give a shit <laughs> so then you get the flippers and you do you like swim up a waterfall oh, or... you just buy it from the street merchant okay you buy it from the street merchant for money and you take it back to the zora queen and the zora queen gets skinny again 
You got the flippers. And you get the flippers, and then you swim to the House of Gales, I guess. But what is the item? Is it the uh, spinny helicoptery bit? Oh, that you need for the dungeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the tornado rod, yes. Yeah, the tornado rod. Tornado rod's really fun. I like it. It's a good item. It's one of the items um, that they really use to play up the 3D. Yeah, it's the one that changes your height so much. I think, who was it in the Iwata Asks interview? Was it Onoma? He was very startled that uh, with the usage of 3D, where like you hit down a button and you stand on it, you're propelled up yeah. into the next he's like, ah. tower or level. Uh-huh. Just because it, it wasn't possible before, but is now. Yeah. Anyway. House of Gales. Again, I don't remember. There's not really a lot to say about this one. No. Like, story-wise. It's, uh, it's it's made to house the Pendant of Wisdom. Yes. What's the boss at the end of this? Margo Mill. What's Margo Mill? It's the one that you fight in Triforce Heroes. Is that the one where it's like a skull on top of a spinning platform and you throw... No. And you jump up there with the thing and you run over and you hit it. Yes. Okay. It's like a sheet cake. With spikes. Yeah, it's like a big spinning spiky sheet cake that you have to beat the shit out of the cake topper. Uh-huh. Okay, good. We're describing a boss that is much more visually interesting than what you actually fight. <laughs> a wedding cake. Yeah, big wedding cake. Tower of Hera. Okay, Tower of Hera. What's the thing with getting to the Tower of Hera? Because I know that it has to involve going up Death Mountain. Hammer? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, what's the side quest? I think you need to get... Um, gauntlets and you get that from the miner okay the miner who is themselves a sage yeah it doesn't really come up till later okay but good. he's a sage sure also he looks like a goron he looked like a, a mixture of a goron and a human yeah he a, he he a big boy he's also got the goron symbol on his clothing are gorons gone in this setting you certainly don't see them is, is this the only version of any timeline where we end up in a place where gorons just don't seem to be there after like any game made after ocarina of time where gorons just aren't extant mm-hmm. what do we make of that crystal rosso is a goron uh-huh he really looks like a goron but he's they're not gone. gone but he's also a human did they intermingle uh-huh yeah they're descendants remember and this is darunia's descendant Okay, so Hylians and Gorons can make babies. All right. This is why also I think Gully's family is Kokiri. I went there. Nah. <laughs> no, I'm rejecting this. I'm rejecting it just out of hand. I don't give a fuck. Oh, but Gully's family all wear um, Kokiri hats. Oh, God. This is why people think that when the Kokiri leave the Kokiri forest that they grow up and turn back into regular Hylians. I don't think they're Hylian. Sure. They anyway. just intermingled. Sure. I mean, where'd they go in Twilight Princess? They retreated deeper into the wood. They left. Oh, why? Because Link did. Where's the Deku tree? Dead. Where is the Deku tree? Oh, no. Oh, my God. I guess it is. Is there a Deku tree in this game? No. Oh, my God. The Deku tree's permanently dead in this timeline. Yeah? No, hold on. That does Because... We know in the adult timeline that the Deku tree grows back, but it's not like there's nothing in that would have stopped it from dying. Yeah, there's nothing it that may would've... still be there. There's nothing that would have stopped it from growing back in the child it's timeline, back. right? Right. It should it should still theoretically have grown. Oh, it was also my th- thought that Link in the child timeline after coming back would have like saved the races from their particular Ganondorf. Oh, of flights. course. Right. Yeah, no and question. And regained the spiritual stones. Sure, and left with them. Right. And the Ocarina of Time. Yeah. In this war, the Deku Tree was burned permanently. Fuck. And since 
he could no longer protect the Kokiri. They left. He sent them out into the world that they might have a hope of survival instead of none. That's the fucking darkest timeline. Genuinely the darkest timeline. I, I'm still not signing off on this whole thing where Link Between Worlds is a sequel to Twilight Princess. <laughs> as much as we're entertaining it, when it gets time to talk about the actual timeline episode, I don't know about this shit. We'll have to... It, it That's one of the potentials. I'll admit it has potential, but I'm not signing off on this shit yet. I'd much sooner say that Link Between Worlds doesn't make any fucking sense. But we have to make sense. No, we don't. That's one of the great things about uh, fan works like this one. You can pick and choose the shit you want to make sense. <laughs> I'm going to make as many make sense as possible. Shit. Okay, so you go to the Tower of Hera and you go on up. What's the thing for the Tower of Hera? What's the, the item? The hammer. You, oh, you get the hammer and you hit people with it. Or you have to get the hammer before you go into the No, that's what I'm saying. You get the hammer and you hit down the uh, stakes that lets you walk up the bridge. Whack to go the mole. Into, you whack the mole and you go into the across the bridge. It goes into the Tower of Hera. I don't know if I ever liked the Tower of Hera. In any version? In any version. No, Tower of Hera kind of... It's a very oppressive dungeon in its way. And at the top, you fight Muldurm because, you know, it's the Tower of Hera. And yeah. I hate Muldurm. Yeah, you do hate Muldurm. Because you fall off and then you have to fight Muldurm. Yeah. Surprise. But it, it, it keeps damage in Link Between Worlds, right? I think so. Like, they changed that bit from Link to the Past. You don't have to hit it ten times without missing. Mm-hmm. So then you get the tr- the pin and the power. Yes. And that's enough to get the master sword. And you go and you get the uh, go to the Lost Woods. Yeah. What happens in the Lost Woods? You have to follow some pose around. Actually, it's kind of like um Skull Kid. Yeah, that's a little bit Oh, fuck me. <laughs> okay, go on. So Skull Kid's ghost leads you around. Well, like Why 10 not? of them. Yeah. Skull uh. Kid's fu- what? <laughs> you look so tired. I'm sad now. Why are you sad? Big sad man. Keep going. You you go and the master sword is there in the usual spot. And you draw the master sword. Uh-huh. And you have to go over to Hyrule Castle to break the seal. And you hit the evil barrier around the castle with your swordy sword. The barrier is very pretty this time. Yeah, it's got all these colors. Yes. Now, in Link to the Past, Link murdered people. Mm-hmm. Link t- was attacked by mind-controlled soldiers and he iced them. Who are the basic enemies in the light world in Link Between Worlds? All I remember is that some of the paintings are guards. Yes, that's absolutely true. Do they come off the wall? This is the part where you with your computer... Crystal, do you remember? I sure don't. They're guards. This Link also murders people. You know, Link, Link murders men. Mm-hmm. Something that we haven't talked about just yet that I thought might warrant talking about with regards to Link to the Past is that we tend to think of Link as murdering people when he's in the light world and fighting the brainwashed castle guards, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that the framing of Link to the Past works, all the monsters of the dark world are also people whose shapes now match the shape of their hearts. Yep. Which means all those moblins... The Hinoxes. Everyone over there, every monster, that's a person. And Link is killing them. So do you think there's nothing in the Dark World? Originally, no. Nothing. Hmm, interesting. Everything in it now just reflects the people who come into it. Especially Ganon. Now, I don't think that that fits with the cosmology as established in later games. But in Link to the Past, 
I think it's reasonable to draw the conclusion that every enemy that you fight in the Dark World is actually human. Or at least the human-like enemies, like the Moblins. That's fair. That's all I wanted to say with regards to those. Well, anyway. Is that what demons are? As they're framed in Link to the Past, yes, the Prince of Demon Thieves is very much a human who was transformed by the power of the Triforce. And all the demon thieves were also transformed into demon bodies. I don't think that reflects how the cosmology works as of every game after Link to the Past. But in Link to the Past, I think it fits. That's all I wanted to say about that. So you basically storm Hyrule Castle. And you murder a bunch of folks. And you fight your way up to Yuga. But your fight with Yuga goes a little bit differently this time. Because you've got the Master Sword and the Bracelet. We said last time that um, Girahim was sort of a gay panic villain. Is Yuga the, uh, a similar villain, albeit of a different flavor? Yes. He's definitely got that uh, extreme vanity thing going. And all the makeup. Also, is Yuga his world's version of Ganon? No, why'd you say that? You know what? I don't know what I don't know what came over me with that one. We, we we'll come back to it. It's because they have red hair. Yeah, guys in the name. They have got the guy in the name. Um, also, they are uh, traitors who steal power. I, I would say so. Yes. And funnily enough, Yuga's name means oil painting in Japanese. Oh, that's cute. It's a pun that is utterly lost in English. Sure is. He has a really good battle theme in this sequence. He hums his own theme. He does. He hums his own theme constantly. He would not feel out of place in... You know what? I'm not going to keep doing this. Everything from this game wouldn't feel out of place in early 90s anime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then you fight Yuga, and he's like, Oh no, now you can fight me, and you whoop his ass. And he's like, but it's too late. I already got everybody, right? That's what happens. Yes, he's gotten all of the sages. He's like, Haha, you remember that old lady, Impa? She's a painting. And remember that, that little blacksmith kid? He's a sage. And do you remember that minor guy that you got them gloves from? Also a sage. And a painting. And that witch. The witch. The cute witch. She's a cute painting now. Uh, and Zelda. And all, Zelda. Also a painting. But she's not a sage. She's the eighth painting. He, he just wants Zelda. Yeah, it's well, like he needs sa- Zelda for the Triforce. The sages are there to... He tells you here. That he's gathering the Zel- the sages because it is within the power of the sages to resurrect Ganon. Hold on. Why can the sages resurrect Ganon? I don't think that's what they're actually there for. That is absolutely what they're there for. 100%. He uses the power of the sages to summon Ganon's spirit. That's- Ganon was sealed in darkness by the sages. So he has to break the seal on Ganon's spirit. But also he's, he's dead. Yes. That's is sealed in darkness just a euphemism? Um, possibly. Okay. I mean, it could also be that this is the earliest version of sealing the calamity. Like, you kill him and then you seal whatever comes screaming out of his body. <laughs> There's another reason that he needs the sages. Oh, what's that? Test link. Oh, test. Oh, that comes up later, though. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Yuga takes all the sages and Zelda in his paintings and he fucks off. And he turns into a painting and goes in through this little crack in the wall. And Link, he gives chase through this glowing 
purple well, you have, you have to cut the yeah it's behind a curtain oh yeah you have to cut the curtain just and like there's an in, evil glowing hole yeah it's purple crack. purple crack in the wall evil you have to do the link to the past cutting of the curtain and then link turns into a painting and goes into the crack and then he goes through this weird spiraling turning bullshit and out he comes and he's no longer in hyrule dun, dun, the dun. crest is upside down and black and whereas you go into Zelda's study at one point and everything is nice and organized and you, everything. You, you start off in the study here and it is all to shit. Yes. The plates are broken. The mirror is cracked. As if somebody in here has flown into a fury or possibly just started breaking things because they don't know how to confront a problem that they're having. And none of the sources of knowledge available to them are availing them of anything. Hmm. 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 So uh, you, you you run around in this new place, and you're not quite sure where it is, but eventually you make your way down to the bottom floor, I think, or is it the top floor? It's the, like the throne room sort of place. Okay. There's nothing in it. So up there, um, you've got Yuga, and I think this is where this happens. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But Yuga has all the sage paintings uh-huh. laid out. And he casts the magic spell, and their powers are channeled through the paintings to create a portal between them. And out of that portal rises the ghost of Ganon. Uh-huh. You know, Zelda's positioning between these sages makes me think, what if the ancient sages are in fact spirits of good? That would make sense. Yes. That would make all the sages minor gods who can call upon the power of the creator gods? That's interesting. That's why Zelda is there too. All of these are got god blood in them. Okay, you know what? I can I can sort of buy that. I can sign off on that. Yeah. Why Why not? Why not? That also means that um, Ganon straight ices a spirit of good in Twilight Princess by crushing their head. That's pretty rad. But he kills a, a lot of minor deities. He does kill gods all the time. It's sort of what he does. So. Yuga summons the spirit of Ganon, and it's straight up just linked to the past Ganon, but, you know, that's just, like, the visual callback thing. And it doesn't seem to really have any expression, as if... Wait, it's not even the spirit of Ganon, is it? It's just Ganon's power. I mean, he summons Ganon. It is Ganon, but they use a specific phrasing here where it's either his spirit or his power, because it doesn't seem to have any volition of its own. The whole thing about it seems to be that it's similar to the version of Ganon that's resurrected in the Oracle games, only it's almost completely catatonic and doesn't react to anything in particular. It can kind of be hard to say. It goes immediately into... Look, I, I should. we should really watch this sequence. If you wanted to do this, we should have done it yesterday. Hold on. I'm not seeing any, this is the spirit or this is the power of Ganon. He just says Ganon. Okay, well, then he fucks up royally in the next thing that he does, which is basically hurl himself directly into the maelstrom of power. And, like, once that's finished, Yuga is now in possession of the Triforce of Power because he has literally merged with Ganon. Yes. I will use the sages to reach the one who shall help me attain true beauty. Yeah, because his whole thing is about attaining true beauty, God. I mean, of course, Ganon. Now, he does refer to Zelda as one of the sages in this sequence. This is weird. So there's eight sages in this game, specifically. Sages, comma, Zelda. No. She was a descendant. It is, it is confusing what exactly they mean when they say sages in this game. Uh-huh. 
but I guess now we could just use the definition of sage means you got god blood. Yeah, but that's not very satisfying, is it? All the other sages from throughout the series, especially in Ocarina of Time, it's like they had to be great people who awoke into themselves through suffering and trials. Right. Oh. You're just a sage. Yeah. Because you are. And then Yuga makes what is the fulfillment of his plan, but for anyone who's familiar with the rest of the series, um, he makes what I would call a mistake and being like, okay, Ganon, join together with me and we will be truly superior. And then the spirit of Ganon just leans down and embraces him in a storm of darkness. Yep. And the paintings are blown away. Except, except for, for Zelda's, Zelda's which lies there. That's important. She has the Triforce of Wisdom. And it's like, uh, then Link meets the Hilda. Hilda steps in to protect you from Yuga. She is apparently using all of her power to restrain him. Yes, even though he has the Triforce of Power. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't actually come up yet. No, he has the Triforce of Power. The Triforce fully appears. Oh, it says that? Yeah, no, it's there. Okay, and she has the Triforce of Wisdom, right? No, Zelda has the Triforce of Wisdom. Okay, so she's not at... Okay, 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 (laughs) sure, okay, yeah. She's like, okay, I'm going to restrain... This person who has the Triforce of Power with all my magic, because my magic is super good, but... Yeah, I mean, Hilda has the power of, of Zillia. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it oh. Lilia? Oh, f- Lilia. fuck me. Lilia. No, I like well, Zillia. No, because you're switching the H and the Z. No, but it's low rule. No, but Zelda, Hilia. Okay. Hilda, Zillia. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Great. Thank you. Uh-huh. This is good. Okay. Um, so she explains to Link in the midst of this. She's like, okay, look, you have to gather up all the sages so that you can use their strength in order to like fight against Ganon's power and defeat Yuga. Good. Do that. But first, I'm going to explain to you what's going on here. couple interesting things here. Ganon is summoned in low rule. Uh-huh. And the Lorulians know who he is. Yep. Yeah, that's a little weird. They sure do. It's not weird to me. I think that there's a perfectly cogent explanation for that. But We'll get to that. Yeah. Next thing, Crystal? Oh, well, uh, Hilda explains that she she's the princess of Lorul, and she knew that Yuga was going to come into your world and steal the sages. But I couldn't stop him. Couldn't do it. And I'm definitely not the one woman in this script that could be her grace that he referred to. Yeah. Being pleased. No. No. And she takes you into a a dark void where she explains what's going on in Low Rule. What's going on in Low Rule, Crystal? Well, Low Rule once had a Triforce of its own. Wait, is this... Did she not explain this yet? No, I think that's later. Oh, is that later? That's at the end of the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Is that when... (laughs) That's at the end game. At the very end. Oh, piss off. She just warps She just explains to you that Yuga is sending the paintings away. You got to get them back to awaken your full potential. Yes, you must. kill Ganon. Kill Ganon so that you can be the real hero. Well, you have to awaken your full potential to become the eternal hero. The eternal hero. Awaken. No reason for that. Awaken. But this is, funnily enough, another um, Skyward Sword quest. It is, kind of, yeah. A little bit. Zelda or, you know, Dark Zelda is testing you. Uh, Hilda's definitely the better version of Zelda in this game. Uh-huh. She's such an interesting character. Goth Zelda? She's not just goth Zelda. Evil bitch Zelda? No! 
it's like she's a version of Zelda who doesn't have the divine on her side and is left fighting a force even more inexorable than Ganon because she's going up against entropy. Yeah. She calls like the hero of Hyrule, by the way. Yeah. And that's an interesting title. He has the Master Sword. Yeah, I mean, he's not the hero of low rule, but it's also the title given to Breath of the Wild Link. Sure, kind of. I mean, if he was the hero of low rule, then he'd be wielding the amateur sword, the big amateur sword. <laughs> he would he would have Demise's sword, right? That's what that he he would just have Girahim in his hands. <laughs> Is that how it works? You fight Yuga with Girahim. Who? So do. Is everyone in low rule a, like, character flip? We can get to this later. Well, I mean, that's definitely how the game is set up to make you look at it now. Hilda is equivalent to Zelda, and she's going through the same struggles that Zelda would go through. Yuga is clearly meant to be Ganon, and has also merged with Ganon? The actual Ganon. The real one. Mm -hmm. But we haven't been told who Link is yet. No. No, we haven't. No, why would you think there would be a Link? Yeah. How odd. Who is the hero of low rule? That's the question the game supporter puts in front of you without without ever actually asking it. Well, low rule wouldn't have a hero. It would have some kind of like opposite of a hero, some kind of coward. I wonder. You do. You wake up in the reverse blacksmith place, and instead of being welcoming and friendly, they are dicks. Dicks. Yeah. Now. Low Roll does have people who live in it. Yes. But it also has lots of monsters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's villages of people who wear monster masks. Uh-huh. What goes on with this reverse Smith family? The Smiths? Um, the mom saves you from the middle of the street and then wonders why she did so and tells you to get lost. Oh, I see. Oh, and she saved him because Link was muttering um, the kid's name. Golly. Golly. Okay, so the implication there is that this woman hears the name of the Hyrule version of her son, and she doesn't have that child. No, and she thinks it's a dumb name. And it's a stupid name, and the sages don't exist in Low Rule, but she hears that name, and something inside of it resonates her so deeply that she does a deeply out-of-character act of charity in rescuing the person who was saying the name. Which implies to me... That these people, this world is very much a reflection of what Hyrule is and the people who live in it. But some people are so huge that they cannot cast reflections. Except that Zelda has Hilda and Ganon has Yuga. So why wouldn't the sages have reflections? Well, they do. They're just not important because they're the opposite of sages. They're like (laughs) dunces. Sure. The seven dunces. The seven dunces. This jump jumps ahead in the fiction, but maybe that was what was required to destroy. Oh, no. No, no. We'll come back to that. Okay. Because we, that's going to that's gonna be the source of some questions at the end of this episode. Okay. I think that we might actually be able to finish this entire game if we focus on it. Crystal, do you have any uh, time restraints? No. Okay. So, um, is there anything you wanted to mention with regards to... Holy shit, that's a lot of fucking notes. I guess we're not getting to the end on this one. <laughs> Um, okay, so no, we'll, we go, could. we'll go on for a little bit longer, I guess, before going into the question period. So, Monica, I see that you've made some notes with regards to the uh, iconography of Low Rule. Yeah, um, it's it's for 
people who want to visualize it in their head, it is an upside down triforce. You say it, but what is it? Are you the referring- crest? I'm describing the crest. The crest of low rule. The crest of low rule. Okay. There is an upside down triforce, and it is on both sides spanned by two wing like things that look sort of like the crest of the spirits of good and spirit tracks and at the bottom there's like an arrow merged with an pointing up merged with an arrow pointing down but it can't be a bird right to me it looks like the toppers of their staffs uh of like hilda's staff. Oh, hilda does actually have an upside down triforce symbol on top of her staff because she does yeah, carry a staff but it's not a it doesn't look anything like a bird no it's not a, it's not an even an inversion of hylia's symbol i felt that was important okay got it okay so you leave this mirror version of kakariko village and what where and you can go anywhere now mm-hmm. you can tackle the dungeons in whatever order you want yes but maybe you should save all the Mai Mai. Oh, what the fuck are the Mai Mai? Mai Mai are the best part of Link Between Worlds. I expected they suck. Crystal. Okay, what? there we go. I was waiting for that objection. Because, well, like, did... they're, like, barely hidden at all. They're a little bit hidden. Sometimes they're on the other side of a wall or house or something. And you can hear their I expected. Cry. I expected something a little more interesting. But it's like, oh, they're just on the way. And very easy to hear and and find. Do you like or not like the fact that the overworld map will tell you how many Mayamai are in a given location? I like that. Yeah, I was also a big fan of that it. That was very helpful. Um, well, regardless of what you feel about them and how they exist in the game mechanically, what are the Mayamai textually? The Mayamai are these tiny... Let's, kind of- let's start with Mother Mayamai. Mother Mai Mai is a giant time traveler, interdimensional traveling. She's like some kind of world-wandering godhead all on her own. Yeah. And she's sort of like a really big octorok with a really tiny seashell on top of her head. <laughs> that was her shell when she was a baby Mai Mai. Yes. And um, she's extremely powerful, and you find her inside of a cave. And she's like, listen... Um, when I landed in this world, I lost all of my babies. All 100 babies. All 100 babies. Could you bring my babies back to me, please? Now, um, they probably are all going to stick wherever they are, and they might be a little hard to pry off of whatever they've chosen to stick to, but I'm just going to trust you to bring them back to me. Please bring me my babies. And Link, who has the gauntlets that can pull up rocks, cannot just pry them off of the walls. I feel like saying the gauntlets that can pull up rocks doesn't quite describe how strong he is. The really big rocks. Yeah, the really big rocks. He can pick up the really big rocks. They're like the size of houses. Uh-huh. But they're but the Mayamites are like Spider-Man. You cannot dislodge them. They are stronger than whatever surface they're sticking to. Is that how Spider-Man works? It's often how Spider-Man works. Like, his limbs will break before his ability to stick to a surface does. But what if a super-powered person hit him? That has come up before. Like, usually the surface that he's on will break before his grip does. So then he flies off with, like, a chunk of the wall? Yes. Hilda's staff makes me think. Mm -hmm. Because it's sort of an upside-down Triforce pyramid, as it were. Yeah. That has to have at least four pieces. Right. So, what... what if you look at, like, cosplayers, it what a lot of them will do is just make, like, a pyramid and then cut three little triangle holes out of it. Sure. And that makes me think, what if that's where the Triforce came from? Uh, 
Go on. That the original thing was just a singular pyramid, and then three triangles were cut out of it. That's an interesting thought. Um, Do you have anything to base this on outside of her staff? No. Because I would think that it's more like our attempts to portray hypercubes, where it's like, listen, hypercubes can't be portrayed in 3D reality, but the closest we can give you is to show this, make it out of resin, and tell you this is what the shadow of a hypercube looks like. Why does Hilda have the shadow of a hypercube staff? (laughs) They've forgotten how it looks like. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, the people of Low World just assume that's what the Triforce was. They took this uh, four-sided die from their D&D games, and they cut it up, and they said this must be what the Triforce was. Well, it is weird that it has four faces, huh? It is. Wait, it has four faces? Not three, but four? Well, one, two, three, and then the bottom. Oh, it's yeah, It's a 3D yeah, yeah. pyramid. Right, yeah, yeah. Or, or you could also look at it as being made of four smaller pyramids. It's like no matter what angle you look at it from, you see the Triforce. Well, not a pyramid because the bottom isn't a square. It's a triangle. What's the name is of Is it a object? triangle, though? I think it's a triangle, but it might not be. I'd have to actually see it in 3D rather than in an illustration. Listen. In the beginning, there was a Force gem. <laughs> oh. The biggest one ever. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay, sure. The biggest of all force gems. Uh, that's three sided. It's really weird looking. That's three. That's three sided for sure. Well, four sided. It's a four sided die. So uh, no matter what angle you look at it from, you see the triforce. Uh huh. Does that mean there's also a hole cut out on top? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's uh, there's an actual pyramid shape that has been cut out of it, and the planes of the. No, wait. Fuck. It's not a pyramid. No. No square. Just triangles. No, shut up. What? I don't remember my geometry, my primary school geometry. You never see it from the top. What does it look like from the top? Yeah, we never do see it from the top, but I imagine that the top looks just like the sides. I agree. I wish I was better at spatial reasoning. Well, you know what a four-sided die looks like, right? Right. So it's like that. Okay. That's it. That's all I've got. And actually, I don't know, those aren't actually empty spaces on it. I think those are, um, like, blue jewels in the shape of triangles set into it. The art makes it look like empty space. It's a tetrahedron. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the art makes it look like empty space, but if you look up a gif of her waving it around a little bit, it I think it looks more like jewels set on the side of it. it to me, it looks like um, it's the actual gold parts that are together so there's a shape like that okay and then the inside of the gold part is painted blue well sure painted or it has a jewel on it it's something but there isn't actually empty space there because that blue stays even when she's against a much darker background it's just that the official art makes this somewhat ambiguous because it also sets her against a light blue background so um the maya maya are the cutest things in the history of the legend of zelda series i Uh think They're up there. And the theme song is great. Uh, It is. I'll close this episode with the Maya Mai theme song. But the great thing is that when you grab a Maya Mai and you pick them up, they do the you found an item jingle in the little Maya Mai voice. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's what Monica likes. Monica likes Maya Mai in much the same way that she likes the Koroks in Breath of the Wild. Because they're just little stupid babies. And I guess they're easy to find, but some of them it's a little bit challenging to figure out how to get behind them as a painting to pry them off the wall sometimes a little bit 
A little bit. There's like five or six in the whole game that I would call head scratchers. Right. Generally speaking, though, they're really easy. You find them both in Hyrule and Lowrule. Oh, that's right. They're also in Hyrule for some reason. I guess they must be very close together dimensionally. But you can't see them until you talk to Mother Mayamai. She, like, opens up your senses to see these extra-dimensional beings. Makes sense. Does it? Yeah, they're hiding very well. Okay, they're super hiding. Anyway, uh, story-wise, where's the next place that we go? What, what do we do now? Because we're entering into the half of the story wherein you can actually do the dungeons in whatever order you want. Yeah, see, that's how I imagined it would look from the top. That's a nice drawing. That's really nice. You can do any of the dungeons. In whatever order you want. Except for, you need to get um, Osphala for the Sand Rod. So, his dungeon, the Thieves Hideout, should always, or will always be before the Desert Palace. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of that railroading, but not a lot, but a little bit. Officially less open than Breath of the Wild. Strong opinions. Strong facts. Shall I just sort of take you through the dungeons? Again, we can remark on more interesting ones, but nothing really calls out to me. Some of the music is gorgeous. Oh, yeah, they are. It is really nice music. Um, Crystal, do you want to try to power through these, or should we move into the question section? Crystal... Oh, I'm sorry, I was muted. Okay. Let's power through them. Okay. Okay. Ooh. When you overlay low rules crest onto high rules, it makes a complete bird. Does it? I mean, it gives it a head. It does give it a head. I guess. <laughs> Monica's I'm not convinced. Monica's not satisfied, but it's a, it's a good visual. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd be even more interesting if it interested if it just filled in the negative spaces of the wings and so on. Mm, yeah, that'd be fine. Mm, that's from Wind Waker, and that's an upside-down Triforce symbol. Sure is. What's the context of that one? That's on... Windfall. Uh, yeah. Windfall has the upside-down Triforce yeah, symbol? Yeah, the families do. Oh, wow. I forgot that, utterly. I guess I didn't pay enough uh, attention to the family crests. What do you call study of family crests? Heraldry. That's what it was. I've never been much for heraldry. They forgot the Triforce. They forgot the Triforce. Not quite the same, but hmm. Dungeons. Dungeon in time. Whatever order. Let's go to Thieves Hideout. One, Thieves Hideout. Now, you may remember Thieves Hideout from Link to the Past as being the place where you had to lead a girl out of the dungeon, but she's actually leading you deeper into the dungeon, and it's actually blind. Uh-huh. And then you have to kill them. Similarly, in this one... You are in Thieves Town to get to Thieves Hideout. Which is full of thieves. The whole town's full of thieves. Yes. Thieves live here. Are these the masked people? Uh, they might be. I can't remember. There is a thief girl inside. Yeah, you gotta walk around with a thief girl. Shocker, she is not the boss of the dungeon. Yeah, she's not actually uh, blind. The game sort of plays with that a lot yeah. in certain sequences. It's played with your expectation that she is. That's kind of funny. Yeah, and it does that specifically where she just stares at you sometimes. She's like, what? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> um, I don't think there's an item that is actually required for this dungeon. So this is probably the one that people do first. Right. And the boss is Stalblind. Stal, because you killed Blind and here's his skeleton. Sure. You fight him by uh, turning into a painting on his shield, and when he looks for you all around, 
he'll swing the shield behind him, and that's when you can attack him. Oh, okay. That's that's cute. I like that. Yes. Sage that you rescue is Osphala. And he's got the rod, and he's like, I was supposed to be better than you, but I guess that you can go do the thing. I'm quite humbled, I guess. I'm humbled by being a painting for like six weeks. Um, next dungeon, Ice Ruins. The Ice Ruins. This 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 is an extremely vertical dungeon. I found this one kind of hard. I, it's actually probably my favorite in terms of its design, except for Low Rule Castle, because so much of it is so interconnected. And it, it is a very pleasantly challenging dungeon. Yeah, it's good. This is actually a really good dungeon that doesn't rely much on its item for the way that it's designed, which is definitely one of its strengths. You need the hookshot and the fire rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you need both? I think so. All right. Um, oh, have we mentioned how um, the reward that you get for rescuing the Mayamai is that if you own an item, Mother Mayamai will upgrade it and make it much more powerful for you? That is really cool. It is very cool. The upgraded fire rod is like a screen clearing item. The boss of the ice ruins is Dark Stare? Dark Stare. So it's a lot like, uh, I'm guessing it's a lot like Argus or... Um, Cold stare. Cold stare. Cold stare. Cold stare. Cold stare. Fuck. Why do I remember these names? <laughs> I don't know. How do you remember these names? It's an, an eyeball. It's an eyeball. But why is it's it dark stare? I don't know. Instead of cold stare. It's this the is the dark world. This is the ice dungeon. Cold stare was also in the dark world. You ask me. Yeah, I ask I, who. All right. Fair enough. You can save Rosso. You can save Rosso. Who, which one was that? The... Minor. Minor. Yeah, okay. He was like, yeah, I knew I was a sage all along. He's like, hey, thanks, brother. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if he actually calls you brother, but I'm going to pretend that he does. He has a very Gordon way of, Gordon way of speaking. Yes. Like little guy, he calls you. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. There is the Swamp Palace. You need the hookshot. I hate the Swamp Palace. I don't know if that's just because I hated the Swamp Palace in Link to the Past so fucking much. I'm sure it's less bad in Link Between Worlds, but I hate it in principle because it's a Swamp Palace. Why? It's my least favorite dungeon in Link to the Past. It's too hard. It's, like, really sloggy to get through. It's just a fucking nightmare, and it's so easy to get lost. I don't think that about any dungeon in the series, to be clear, but the Swamp Palace can go fuck itself. Strong opinion. In Link to the Past. I don't have those strong associations with Link Between Worlds, so I'm sure it's fine in that one. What was your item that you need for this one? Hookshot. Just the hookshot. And here is where just plain Argus is. Oh, Argus is here, the eyeball person with hundreds of eyeballs in jelly, and you grab them with the hookshot, and then you hit the ice. And of course, Orin is the sage that you rescue here. And she's still skinny. Don't worry, folks. Uh, the Dark Palace, which has a lovely theme. Uh, um, I'd say that it's probably the second best theme. Yes, I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I it's really good. mostly agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you need the bombs. You... There's a mid-boss here who's like a big jeweled Dodongo. Isn't that just the end? The boss? Boss? No, no, no. It's like Helmosaur. Yeah, that's the boss. No. <laughs> oh my god, it's Umbrella. No, Crystal. No. Is the Triforce the... Is Ganon the ultimate bio weapon? Yes. If you put the pieces of the two Triforces together, it forms the Umbrella Corporation logo. <laughs> God. And if you overlay them together, it forms a Star of David inside another Star of David. Interesting. There's a lot of different things you can make with triangles. Yeah. Oh. Look up the Dark Palace. The Dark? Why the Dark Palace? Because we're arguing about the boss and the mid-boss. Okay, hold on. 
Okay, it looks like you're right. The Gemasaur King is definitely the actual boss. Thank you. Uh, let me see here. Is there a mid-boss? I must be thinking of something else. The Dark Palace is kind of interesting because it is pitch black, mostly pitch black, and you light your way mostly with the lantern, and you can see along the walls if you go along that there's huge like rupees or gems that are sort of shining in the dark. Right. And this is also um, portrayed by the boss of the dungeon, which is the Gemisaur King, which has like hunks of these gems or rupees encrusted on its body. That's a neat theming. And it's nothing to do with the link to the past dungeon and it made it stronger for it. Yes, this is one of the dungeons that has the most distinct personal identity as compared to where it was drawn from in Link to the Past. And I was scared because I thought there would be Wallmasters, because I hate Wallmasters. And it's a dark place, which yeah. means it's the absolute worst place to have Wallmasters. But I don't think there are any. I don't think so either. It's a nice dungeon. One thing that we haven't talked about is, uh, you remember how in Link to the Past you could get uh, a couple of blacksmiths to just wail on the Master Sword and upgrade it? Uh-huh. You can actually do that in this one too. Yes. By collecting, what is it, Master Ore? Yes. So um, you collect... The Master Ore, and that can be used to make the Master Sword stronger. I think there's two Master Ores that you have to find, and they're not on critical paths in the dungeons. They're actually pretty hidden. Yes. What's the alternative? Like, you have either a Master Ore or what? It's one of two things. I can't remember what the other thing was, because the Master Ore was all that I cared about. Because if you get both the Master Ores, you can take your... um, sword to the jackass blacksmith family and they will forge the master sword for you yes i think stage one is the hyrulean blacksmith family oh okay and stage two is the jackass low rule family which even though their jackasses are better at blacksmithing because it's more needed in low rule right because all the monsters yeah that's my theory right anyway so you kill the gemasaur king who's a very cool boss fight and then you get the flute boy gully Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm a sage. That makes sense. Shut up. He kind of looks like a Kokiri. He looks exactly like the flute boy. You know that he's just the flute boy. Kokiri. Doesn't he actually play the flute? Nope. Okay. I think Zelda P- Gamepedia. Zelda.gamepedia.com is down right now. Oh, no. We're lost. I know. <laughs> We're right? utterly lost. We have to use the bad one. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Now I've made enough notes, so it's we're we're okay. Number five, Skull Woods. Oh yeah, what this is where the Lost Woods is. Yeah, I guess you sort of need the lantern. Um, there is at the end Knuckle Master. I I don't remember Knuckle Master at all. Knuckle Master is a wall master, like a hand. Sure. With an eye on it that sort of there's muscle surrounding that eye oh that's freaky i like that and it's covered in a gauntlet hell yeah so hence the knuckle part of the name okay so it's okay so it's a knuckle master it's a it's a wall master iron knuckle uh-huh okay yeah i like everything about that i don't remember how we fight it but uh, you probably really shoot cool it in the eye <laughs> yeah probably if it's got an eye what's the it. dungeon item for that one you you may need the lantern lantern sure and you save saris which one's Saris? The Blue Maiden. The blue. It's, you saved the Blue Maiden. Number six is the Desert Palace. Well, number six doesn't have to be the Desert Palace, but I left this one for second to last because... That song 
is so goddamn good. Yes. It's so good. It hurts. You should just open with this song. Uh, sure, why not? I'll, I'll find a way to stick it in there somehow. It's got a choir going? Yeah, it does. It's the best sandy desert song. Yeah, like, this is better than the Spirit Temple theme by a hundred fucking miles. So good. God damn. So, what's the item in here? The sand rod you gotta use? You have to use a sand rod. Okay. Yes. So, and I think um, the interesting thing about the Desert Palace is that it's actually in Hyrule because there's no desert in Lowrule. Right. You have to go through that palace entirely in the Hyrulean version because Link to the Past had a desert. Right. And then Hyrule. you swap over through a crack in the wall to enter the completely inaccessible Lorulian version of the dungeon to fight the boss. Yes. Zaga Naga. Zaga Naga. Okay, what the fuck is that? I don't know, you should Google it. <sighs> now I have to use the Zaga Naga. Zelda dot Oh I gotta use the bad Zelda. Okay. Oh it's Oh right, it's a flower. It looks kinda like a pea hat. With an eye. It's a it's a pea hat with an eye in the middle. I've written blooming eye flower, but it was scribbled so I Missed it. You weren't sure what it was supposed to be. And there isn't a lot of story attached to most of these dungeons, right? We're not just, no. like, skipping huge no, amounts of things. No, we're really not. I think at some point you get the Titan Mitt in this dungeon, Sure. Actually. Let you pick up the big rocks, but not Mayamai. No. Mayamai, very strong. And finally, for the last dungeon, you really should leave it to last because it's Turtle Rock. Just you should because... just leave it for last. Uh, who's the boss of this one? Because... I only ever think of Turtle Rock as having, like, Trinex in it. It's Grinex. Grinex. What the... You need the ice rod. The other Master Ore is here. How do you spell Grinex? Grin. Uh-huh. And then E-X, and then another X. Okay, so two X's. Do, if you search for Grinex with one X, you end up on a spicy artist, I think. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so Grinex is basically a Trinex with one head. Also, it's a snake. And Impa is the sage that you rescue here. Okay, sure. Shall we leave off here? Well, we're right at the end now. Are we? Yeah, we're nearly done. <laughs> yeah, we're most. For some of... reason, I have another four pages. <laughs> Why the hell would you have... I don't know. How into fucking Ravio and Hilda are you? Oh, uh, I guess pretty into it. Yeah. Tell me about there's Ravio the real, and Hilda. There's the real actual Z-Link ship for this yeah, fucking game. Yeah, there's a lot of scribbles on... Yeah, I guess we can just... If Hil we had included... Yeah, Hilvio. If we had included Hilvio in the Z-Link episode, they would have placed pretty high, I think. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fuck. So the seven sages, now that they're reunited, and they're sort of in like a weird... Temple of Light? Temple of Light. Uh-huh. Exactly like the Temple of Light. From in... the Ocarina of Time. Yes. Raru built the Temple of Light for his descendants to use. Which actually also ties into the placement on the timeline again. Uh, so we can probably assume that um, Fuckboy McGee over there is descended from Raru, and the Blue Maiden is an offshoot of the royal family. Sure. You think or so? the other way around. I don't... Why not? Okay. Gully's Kokiri. Rasa's uh -huh. Joran. Oren Zora. Uh -huh. Impa Shika. Fuckboy kind of looks Shika. Why is that? Is it because he's got light-colored hair? Yeah. I mean, I guess. So you think there's just two Shika sages? Sure. But... It's, it's just like... Impa had her descendant, but also she lived long enough to still be a sage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? 
you know what? Okay, I'll buy that one. I'll buy it all right. But these are supposed to be descended from the seven sages. Did they just get that wrong? Irene is Gerudo. Yep. Witch. Uh-huh. She's a witch. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Twin Rova. Doesn't she have black? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, who's left? Fuck. That's everybody. Who's? Oh, Rauru. So Sarah's is Rauru. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Sarah's and Osvala being Zelda, Rauru, whichever. Okay, sure, whatever. No, I like, I, I like. Or Chica, sure. Yeah, two Chica. Okay, so we've got them all together. So uh-huh. what happens? Um, they make the they summon the Triforce of Courage for Link, which is a little bit strange. They summon the Triforce of Courage. They summon the Triforce of Courage. Where and was they it? They use the word summon. What? I know. So the Triforce of Courage is something that is bequeathed upon Link. In recognition for his deeds. Yes. Okay, so... It's a little bit strange. Couldn't Yuka have used the powers of the sages to summon the Tricorse of Courage directly? No. The the hero has to be worthy and go through a quest. But the sages can just call it. No, maybe not. Okay, okay, fine. If you if they called it prematurely, it would be like, I'm out of here. There's no one here worthy of me. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely just doesn't just appear in Link, which is very strange. Okay, fine. But they had to have the sages do something. I do actually prefer that it does not just appear in Link. After he makes himself worthy? No, I mean like that he didn't have it inside him oh. the entire time Twilight no, Princess but... style. No, I'm saying I prefer it that way. Yes, but do you would you would probably prefer a version where he works himself through the dungeons like Skyward Sword, and then it starts glowing in him. No, I would prefer that he just gathers up the pieces of it and puts it together. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Okay, so they give him the Triforce of Courage, which should give him the power he needs to do battle with Yuga and with the power of Ganon. Yes, you walk on over to Lowrule Castle, which Hilda had originally sealed up ostensibly to protect her castle though that's kind of strange because who's she protecting it from (laughs) right uh she removes her barrier you walk in and is this the best theme in the game see the the problem with doing everything in one episode is we are missing out on some key songs we are but it can't be helped the low rule castle dungeon theme is choice Especially the way it evolves as you go through it and keep climbing higher and higher up the tower. I think it's easily one of the very best... It's a very good final dungeon, but it's also a very good final dungeon theme. Mm-hmm. In fact, until Breath of the Wild released, I'd call Lowrule Castle the best final dungeon theme. Yeah. What about you, Crystal? It's definitely up there. The best? What would, what would you compare to it? Hmm, final dungeon theme. I guess something comes to mind. For me, it's pretty much... uh, There's a few of them that are very good. Like the way that the Sky Keep in Skyward Sword plays with different themes from throughout the game. That's good, but it doesn't have a unified theme of its own. And of course, Breath of the Wild's rendition of Hyrule Castle might be the best song in the series. But this is really strong, I think. It's interesting because I think the the theme starts changing when you beat there's mini bosses in it oh yes yes yes. every mini mini bosses gives you a new version until you get the fifth one and gradually and you may not notice until like the second mini boss you're like huh the theme is richer deeper 
There's a choir appearing. And then there's all these stomping boots. And Ganon's theme is in it. Ganon's theme is in there. It, it's The build-up is a large part of what makes it so good. If I included any one version of it, it wouldn't capture the way that it evolves over the course of the dungeon. Yes. Oh, and the last part gets so hyped with the shouting. Yeah, I love it. We heard this during the Hyrule Symphony. and Oh, it was so good. It is so good. I'm so glad they do it. Oh, it's so good. If they bring back that symphony, I hope that they have a rendition of both this and Hyrule Castle. So good. The mini boss seal with, I think there's like four painting or four insignias. It's uh-huh. very much like Wind Waker, uh-huh. Ganon's castle with the mini boss seals. Right. Just thought I'd put that in there. <sighs> okay, so you go back to the throne room and twist and there's just Hilda and she spins around and she's all like, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> And she takes the Triforce of Wisdom from painting Zelda. It's actually a pretty... I think this is actually a pretty good twist. It's a pretty good twist. Like, it, they, they telegraph it from really far away. But as these stories go, I actually like this part a lot. I guess we didn't mention, but as you complete the dungeons in the game... She keeps talking to you. Yeah, she keeps talking to you to talk about the dungeons. But after each dungeon, also, she, there are some cut scenes that cut to her. And she's talking to Zelda about how... Link is doing and his progression and wondering about what would have happened if Lowrule had a hero. If if he had been Lowrulean. Yes. If they had had someone they could have relied on. How yeah. differently all of this might have gone. Yes. Hilda is absolutely the best. Maybe the she's the only character in this game who has an actual arc. Yeah. Character. Yeah. Like Hilda's actually a really good character, I think. I love her to death. Do you prefer her over Midna? Ooh. Of the Zelda alikes? Ooh. I don't know. I gotta think about Crystal? that one. Mm, Minda's better. I could definitely... Yeah, seeing the argument that Minda's better, but I also really like just the novelty of Zelda as villain. Yeah. It's good. I mean, you played Ocarina. Oh. What? <laughs> she said, we've played Ocarina. So, Zelda as villain. Vi- yeah. <laughs> Crystal. Huh? Monica's not a fan of this. Why not? She's not evil in Ocarina. She's the antagonist. She's, she's the antagonist in Skyward Sword. She kind of makes a few incorrect calls or, you know, such and gets smashed. She's not quite like uh, Hilda, though. No, because here is where Hilda explains to you the actual what's going on, which leads very naturally into the questions that we will use to close this episode. So... She tells you that Lowrule also had a Triforce at one point. It was upside down. Funnily enough, it was still called the Triforce. It's still called the Triforce. So, like in Hyrule, there were a ton of wars over the Triforce. And in their wisdom, the Lowrulean royal family had their Triforce utterly and absolutely destroyed. Let's pause here a second. How? Gun. <laughs> They shot it. Can can you wish to destroy the Triforce? Can God heat up a burrito so hot yes. even he can't oh, eat it? I was going to get to that. Okay. That's uh, your favorite. Uh-huh. That's your favorite Simpsons quote. And God paradox. Can you wish to have the Triforce destroyed? I wouldn't think so. That's a bit strange. Why not? It would take a, it would take a very powerful wish. Maybe they killed all their sages. Or maybe the sages killed themselves. Jesus. Why? What, what, what makes you say that? There's no sages. <laughs> oh, oh, that, true. 
Have, maybe the gods turned their back on Lorul utterly. Anyway, they had the best of intentions when they did this, but um, oops, the Triforce is the foundation of the world. And without it, Lorul has begun to dissolve, which is why it has all these big gaps everywhere. These giant cracks and rifts. Which is why you have to travel between the two worlds to reach anywhere significant in Lorul. How long That's ago strange. was this? It's been generations at least. Okay. Many generations. Many generations, they say. Perhaps somewhere in the range of 150 to 200 years. Maybe 10,000. Who knows? I am I used that specific number as a callback to me using that specific number from okay. before. Okay. It would be in Hilda's grandfather's 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 time. Uh, yeah, if, I guess if you're putting it like contemporaneous with when the Hyrulean equivalent sealed the Triforce. Right. Okay. Well, um... Do you think it's the same as in Hyrule? Would Hyrule start crumbling? Listen, we'll save that. We'll talk that later? We'll okay. save that. So, um, what happened is that Hilda, and I think Yuga actually spots this first, a giant crack in their sacred realm. I shit you not. A giant crack in their version of the sacred realm. And through that crack, they could detect another Triforce. Another world with a Triforce intact. And so they hatched their plan to take Hyrule's Triforce. Dooming Hyrule. Ostensibly dooming Hyrule. And Hilda um, guided your destiny, is what she says. And she's kind of apologetic, but, you know, it's she says it's her duty to save her kingdom. You have to understand that. And she puts on the scary eyes. Yeah, she gets those serious, like, bad queen eyes. And she commands Yuga, who I guess is just standing around or semi-sealed Ganon's or whatever, like, hey. the whole time. She commands Yuga to take the Triforce of Courage. So that they might be united and low rule saved. And Yuga's like, so it hasn't actually been clear how loyal I am up to you up to this point. Because I did talk about you when I didn't think what anyone was listening as if I'm loyal. But I'm Ganon now. And uh, you're fucked. So, um, Hilda gets turned into a painting. I think you actually have to fight Yuga first. Oh, okay. So he's like, uh, piss off. We fight. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. Yes. He doesn't betray her. He doesn't betray her first. Right. You okay. just, Yuga just goes and he follows along. Yuga's like, you. oh yeah, totally. I'll do that for you. Uh, your grace. I'll go fight this hero over here. Yeah. And yeah, then. But he's beaten. You fight Yuga and it has the exact same song as when you fight Ganon in Link to the Past. And in many ways, it's the same fight. That's a fun callback. It's a good callback. But he is beaten. He's beaten. And Hilda orders... It's like, no, do it again, but do Yuga, it gooder. No, Hilda orders Yuga to give her the Triforce of Power. And then I'll do it myself. And Yuga goes, I got a better idea. This is sort of like grabbing away a bone from a dog or something. Yeah, basically. You get bitten. Uh-huh. And... Instead, um, Yuga turns Hilda into a painting. Yes. And absorbs that painting into his body. For the Triforce of Wisdom. Yeah, but she's still, like, he's carrying Hilda around in his chest. Crystal, I know you've called that particular bit fucky before. Uh huh, sure is. Okay, just making sure. (laughs) Back to it being fucky. Okay. Um, He does say that he doesn't care about Lowrule, and he calls Hilda a deluded dark beauty. Okay. 
Well, I, I mean, to note that diluted dark beauty. That uh, he does see everything through the lens of beauty. So true. That's consistent. Oh, and this is the fourth time you fight Yuga. Okay, Yuga sure. Ganon. I mean, this is kind of three times, but we'll call it two four. forms. But it got interrupted. So. Fair enough. Okay, so this also does a whole new battle theme, which is like an arrangement of Yuga's main theme with an undercurrent of Ganon's motif running through it. And it's actually a really good final boss fight song. I love this shit. But the battle itself is a little bit doofier because um, Zelda the painting talks to you (laughs) and she refers to you as my hero and she gives you the bow of light as is the style in her family. Did you read that from my page? No, I remember this because it pissed me off so badly. I was like, like, you motherfuckers who wrote this shit took this character and oh, fuck this. And anyway, she gives you the light arrows and tells you that they're the key to killing Ganon, Yuga Ganon, Ganon, Yuga Ganon. It's, the, the bow of light is infused with the light of the Triforce. Inf- is that what she says? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't remember that part, <laughs> but that's in there. And uh, you fight Yuga again. And uh, the only way for you to really hit him with the bow of light is he'll... Now when you damage him enough, he'll retreat into painting form. And then you go onto the wall. And in the wall form, you can shoot the bow of light at him. And you have to do this three times. The first time, you can shoot him from the front. The second time, he'll block it from the front. So you're fighting in a circular room. So you turn around and shoot it behind you. And it goes around the entire room and hits him in the back, which is actually really good. (laughs) And the third time, he turns around and stops it at his back. So you shoot him at the front, and it he has to spend like five seconds blocking it. So you shoot it at his front, and then you turn around and shoot it at behind. So he gets hit in the back while still blocking his front, and it's good. But stupid? It's very... It, it doesn't feel extremely satisfying that that's how they chose to incorporate the wall thing as the ultimate component to beating the final boss. I thought it was clever. It's cute. I like it. Crystal, what did you think? I thought it was also cute and clever. Yeah. Okay. It takes you a minute to figure it out. Yeah. It. it yeah, absolutely. Once you notice how long he spends blocking those front shots, you get a pretty good idea, though. But Yuga is a good fight. Does he, he like, die here? Yes. He utterly disappears into dust, and I think uh, Hilda, like, poofs out. Uh, she drops, uh, like, the painting drops on. No, it's just Hilda. It's just Hilda. It's just Hilda that drops onto the ground where he was standing. Yes. Still fucky. Um, As Zelda gets out. Zelda's out. I guess out. everybody who is painted yeah. gets released, his which spell is good. Is, his spell's broken. Good, because I think of that poor captain guy. Yeah. Who, um, who Saris has a crush on or something? The captain or, has a crush on her. Yeah, other way around, yeah. Um, and there's this funny line where Zelda was like, Hilda, you, Princess Hilda, you're the one who imprisoned me. And Hilda's like, obviously. <laughs> I like Hilda. Hilda's great. <sighs> um, oh, so Hilda still wants to fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, you've Link has his Triforce. Uh, the Triforce of Power is gone from her, I think. Yeah, I guess. Actually, they never really... They know, they, you don't see the Triforce at all after this until that you get to the Sacred Realm. Okay, so it may actually be assumed that Link has the whole thing as That's of probably right possible. this second. And Hilda's like, no, we're doing this. I have to do this for my kingdom. Yeah, and Link is actually fully ready to fight Link Hilda. is ready to ice this monarch. He blocks off Zelda. He gets between Zelda and Hilda, sword out, and he's like, uh-uh. I don't fucking think so. 
And that is when our fourth of this menagerie runs. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, go on. Runs in and Shoujo trips on the floor. Uh-huh. And it is Ravio. He is here to protect Hilda. Yeah, he gets between Link and Hilda. Good luck, bunny. Um, <laughs> he throws back his hood. And Crystal, you want to say something? Here? Yeah, go on, Crystal. No, it's nothing. No, go on. What do you want? Is like, what if they swap partners? Oh, you're saying like they have a little four-person key party or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sure. Um... I think Hilda would still like steamrolling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, Link doesn't like Hilda is the thing. Yeah, it's true, but... Stop entertaining this! <laughs> okay. Uh, Ravio uh, throws back his hood and shock of all shocks, it's Link, Link with, with dark black hair. hair yeah. Uh, the thing about low rule is that it's exactly like Hyrule, only everyone has black hair. Everybody's Dark. Dark. And I guess this is an excellent callback to Link to the Past bunny Link. Yeah, because he's wearing a pink bunny outfit. What's well, purple? He's wearing a purple bunny outfit. Or this is him. What's what? that? This is bunny Link. Oh, this is bunny Link. This is bunny Link. This is the bunny Link who can't attack. Yeah. And, and instead of getting ready to fight Link because Ravio can't fight. He turns no, he, around and he talks to Hilda. Right. He he clarifies that he served Princess Hilda and um, Hilda is upset with him. It says like, oh, so you come crawling back. You betray me like this and come crawling back. Um, but Ravio kneels to her. And he's like, everything that I did, I did for you. Well, not exactly, but yes. Basically. It's Essentially, like, yes. I saw what this was doing to you, what you were willing to become. And I could not let that happen. Um, but because he's a coward at heart and he couldn't stop Yuka and Hilda. He had to find someone who could. Yeah. So he had the ingenious idea of warping over to Hyrule and finding their hero. Yeah. That was a really great plan. Good idea, Ravio. So he manages to convince Hilda, just saying that she's doing exactly what her ancestors tried to avoid when they destroyed the Triforce. Which is going to war and dooming entire kingdoms or worlds for the sake of her ambition, even if her ambition is to save the world. Um, oh, I guess, and yeah, there's that line. I just wanted to save you from all this. You who are worried endlessly about the fate of low rule. But he, he urges her to do the right thing and that low rule may be doomed, but at least we're not condemned by sealing and destroying another. At least it will not be by our own evil. Yeah. And not destroying Hyrule. Yeah. He's like, better to die than to visit that fate upon another. And Hilda's like, okay. She's like, you're right. I got it. Okay. I was tempted by the power of your Triforce. I guess in, in Triforce analogies, she would definitely be power. Uh, no. No? No. She would be the opposite of wisdom. <laughs> She'd be... um unforesightedness density density <laughs> narrow tunnel vision uh she'd be ignorant <laughs> what yeah i actually so the triforce is based on virtues and hilda remarks on this you the the your triforce is based on such virtues as power wisdom and courage 
which seems to imply that their Triforce is based on something entirely different. It could have been things. It could have been based on sins. Maybe. Weakness, cowardice, and ignorance. Ignorance, yeah. Okay. But there's like some benefit to them. Like maybe it's the Triforce of artistry or glamness. I would think like greed, vanity. Man, okay. So they're like, okay, we'll just let our world die. You guys, you guys just go and we're going to we're just going to wait for the end. Right. We'll lead you out. So she takes you to the low rules sacred realm. Right. Where in a little weird dais there is a giant stone tablet with writing on it. And the, at the top is an upside down triforce, but there's a crack through this giant tablet stretching stretching all the way down to the writing. And oh, Ravio shakes Link's hand. Um, and Hilda is going to use the last of the bracelet's power to warp both Link and Zelda back to their sacred realm. Right. There's the sacred realm is just a place you can fucking go. I guess they're connected. Yeah. Well, this is how Yuga got over. In this realm, the shines the sky shines blue, not gold. Isn't that something? There's no Triforce here. There's no Triforce. Therefore, blue. Therefore, sure. No, I mean in Hyrule Sacred Realm. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know why the other one is blue. Because it's low rule. No, no, Hyrule. Wait, hold on. Hyrule Sacred Realm has a blue sky. Yes. Oh. Low rule Sacred Realm has a orange sky. Almost gold, you would say. Well, it's it's just sunset. No, but it's almost gold. Sure. I don't think they really thought about well, it. Also, no. like when when it zooms out as the world is fading in, in low rule, it seems like they're just like on the top of the castle. It does, doesn't it? The first flame is going out in low rule. Yes. When she warps Link and Zelda out, the light in the uh, there's a brilliant light in the crack in the tablet. And the light goes out. Just gone. Man, do you remember in Dark Souls 3 when you walk out and the sky is cursed with the dark sign? Yeah, I do. That's what happens when you ain't got no Triforce. It's, that's just how it goes. So Link and Zelda awake in Hyrule Sacred Realm. And over in the same spot where there was the uh, dais with the tablet in low rule is just the Triforce. The looks, Link got it. Right side up one. It's spinning there. Or just standing there. Um, and Zelda was like, oh, you know, Hilda and I are not so different as she thought. Although, yes, they are very different. Well, I mean, Hilda didn't have a damsel in distress fetish that she wanted to act out really badly. I guess. Um, and she's like, oh, Link, you know, let's make a wish. You can make a wish, but let's make it together. Because after all, don't we have the same wish? Let's touch that Triforce. Uh-huh. And it flashes over to low rule where everything is shaking. The tablet shatters. And ta-da! You got the an upside, down, upside triforce. down triforce appears. Is it still golden? It is still golden. It's not black. Okay. And in fact, in the load screens where there was a black triforce, there's it is now, now golden. Ah. Ah. It's no longer Umbrella Corp. There's no longer Umbrella Corp. Um, I was wondering... If maybe the tablet was actually the seal on Low Rule's Triforce. 
Oh, like they just bound it up inside of that? And- yes, and it was actually in the process of shattering. Okay. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about a little bit later how stupid this all is. Okay. But I was just... That that was one thing that occurred to me. Like, maybe it wasn't destroyed. Maybe it was just temporarily sealed. And even that seal seemed like it was breaking. That doesn't make any sense. Whatever. <laughs> breaking the Triforce doesn't make much sense. Anyway, it reappears. The sky starts shining. Hilda is, like, crying and happy. And Ravio is happy. And I guess they wished for <laughs> the Triforce to come back. They wished for low rule, but good. Yeah, but low rule, but good, or everything good now. Everything good now. And this is probably a crazier wish than Link to the Past's wish. Oh, that depends on what you read is actually happening in this last scene. I don't know, yeah. See, um, uh, this is the end. Yes. Is there more ending? Um, A little bit. Okay. The credits. Okay, credits. Gully reunites with his parents. Yep, you can't read your own writing. Osphala is with Shiralshala. Yeah. Irene is with Syrup. Wait. I mean, which? Okay. Orin is with the Zoras. Russo is mining. Impa is yelling at sleeping guards. There's a party in Hyrule. Oh, the Mai Mai. Uh huh. We forgot to mention that I think after you reunite all 100 Mai Mai, Mother Mai Mai leaves and they all warp out, except for like the 74th Mai Mai. Yeah. Specifically. Yes, the 74th one. Do you remember me? I was the 74th one you found. (laughs) And she is going to stay behind and become a mother mother Mai Mai of her own. That's nice. Uh, Yeah, it's cute. Um, um, And Zelda and Link are looking at that final painting of... Which basically depicts them. The hero of time and Zelda. Wait, was that a prophetic... Was that painting... Like painted in anticipation of this game, no, where it's Link. There's a new Zelda. painting. Oh, a new painting. Because Ravio and Hildur there. Oh. Oh, I thought that part was scribbled in by Ravio. Ravio defaced an antique. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up real quick. It would make much more sense if it was a, a prophetic painting. Because of the whole seven sages plus Zelda issue that yeah, is th- wrong for both wherever you put it on the timeline. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also because there's two Triforces. That was already in the original painting. Monica went and checked this shit for sure. That was the other thing I wanted to note. There's actually two. There are. Yeah, um, Ravio's face is just scribbled over one of the sages. Hmm. In the original painting, there is already three Triforces flying around and a center triforce that does feel like a prophetic style painting that's kind of interesting that makes that painting make more sense then yes it does and there's at the end with all of the sages and link and zelda but not hilda and ravio (laughs) fuck them and then link returns the master sword yes where it sleeps again probably not forever probably not forever nintendo um okay do you have anything else no. You have still more yes. notes. Wow. Yes, a couple more things. Oh, in hero mode, which you can play after you beat the game, um, you can find Ravio's journal in the low roll version of... Your house. Your house. So which I guess it's Ravio's house. His house, yeah. And he just documents there that he knows that Hilda is being tricked by Yuga. 
and that he doesn't really have any magic, so he's going to use what remains of it to go somewhere. He doesn't know if he has sufficient magic to come back, but despite knowing that, he has to do this to save Hilda. From all this. Yes. Okay, so um, that's the basic whole thing. Just taking the story on its own, what do we think of the story of Link Between Worlds? What story? <laughs> there is something of a story here. Hilda's a good character. Yes, Hilda is the best part of the story. She drives the whole plot. I know you have thoughts, Crystal. It's not a good story. Fair enough. They just did A Link to the Past again, but with Yuga. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe that's a little bit of a reductive way to look at it, but it is one of those stories that hinges entirely on your connection to one character. I'd say that this is a game where people who don't play games for the story, like they don't want the story getting in the way, they'll enjoy it. Sure. If, if you're the kind of person who normally mashes hard through long dialogue sequences, then this is right up your alley. But also people who like the really dark, tortured princess shit, this might also be right up your alley. Yeah. But yeah, it, I think that most of our problems with Link Between Worlds and how it functions in the context of the rest of the series are actually down to its mechanical structure rather than its narrative structure. Because it... It's not a good story in the context of other Zelda games, but most of my problems with it come from how it doesn't try to be anything except for Link to the Past 2.0. It's more—it's even more of the direct sequel problem than Twilight Princess had. That hurts. Okay, um, before we get into the question section, I did have a question that I wanted to pose to the two of you. Okay. What is low rule? Low rule is a shadow of high rule. Uh-huh. Go on. The light is the Triforce. So what is the low rulean Triforce? It was created at the end of this game. It never existed before that. Nope. Okay, so was low rule from its inception always in the process of crumbling? Of course. So why do they have a legend of the Triforce? They were misinterpreting the events of A Link to the Past. Why would they know about the events of Link to the Past? Well, is this related to why Ganon is in low rule? After, okay. Ganon's wish, the Triforce created low rule to create a world to satisfy Ganon. Okay. Are you saying that low rule is the dark world? No. The dark world is the sacred realm. Mm-hmm. But low rule is a copy of the dark world created by the Triforce. It's... A reflection of an alternate dimension. Something a reflection, like that. A reflection of a reflection, if you will. Yeah. I see. And it's a dimension where Ganon's wish came true? It's a manifestation of his wish in the first place. Ah. And once... Because we know that if the Triforce is removed from Hyrule, that does not actually destroy Hyrule. Right. And in fact, destroying the Triforce is effectively impossible. You can break it into as many fucking pieces as you want. It can still be put back together again. You can put it in a completely different universe, such as the Sacred Realm, and it Hyrule doesn't fall apart. Hyrule just sticks around. Low Rule, however it's made, its underpinnings are dissimilar to Hyrule's. So the idea that it is derived from Hyrule rather than existing concurrently with Hyrule from its inception makes sense to me. I, I like that idea, Crystal. Um, so does that mean that you would be against the idea that low rule is where the demons originally come from? 
I would be against that idea. Okay. I could definitely see that. Monica. Yes. In your timeline theory, where Link Between Worlds is taking place after Twilight Princess, what the fuck is low rule? I have no answer for that. Uh, any answer could work. Is it the Twilight Realm? Oh, I got it. Actually, this huh? makes sense with Monica's theory. Oh, no. <laughs> as to why why it would create this world and why Ganon would be there. Okay. Yes. Ganon died in Twilight Princess, of course, but it is his wish to rule the cosmos, which includes all timelines. Sure. So the Triforce just kind of takes a little a little copy and paste oh. of the Dark World as oh. Ganon was vanquished and pastes it into the child timeline. So it's like, here you go, Ganon. I'm just going to put your ghost in here. Ganon's got to go somewhere. To the Triforce, the timelines may not matter very much. There may be only one Triforce between all the timelines. Yeah. Well, once the timelines merge. Yeah, and this would answer how the Triforce is just missing there. Yeah, it would. Because the Triforce that created it no longer exists. But if the Triforce made it, why is it falling apart? Is that just something that the Triforce occasionally does in its underhanded attempts to not fulfill Ganon's wish? Yes. Putting him inside of a world that crumbles, and once it ceases to exist, his wish becomes literally impossible to fulfill. But also, Ganon has the Triforce of Power. Ganon Super has the fucking Triforce of Power. In his little void inside Low Rule. <sighs> he does. Maybe he's summoned between dimensions. You're saying that Ganon himself may be an extra dimensional being, or that he's pulled from the Sacred Realm. The sacred realm or high rule. He's pulled from to high rule, low rule into low rule. Right. He's not necessarily in low rule. Okay. So he he exists in the the ether of con where concepts live. Oh no. The concept of Ganon has been inserted, and people remember him because this is a snapshot of the dark world. Okay. That okay. Sure. I think that that's one of the weaknesses of the idea of placing it after Twilight Princess, but I can accept this reasoning for right now. Um, we may have to have a long discussion when it comes to actually putting together the timeline, though. Again, I, I'm not like committed to this. Thing. I know, and I don't expect it's going to be that long a discussion, <laughs> but it might be a long discussion. Okay. Because now Crystal's into it, and Yay! it's turned into a thing. Thank you, Crystal. Um, okay. Uh, low roll as a thing is something that I don't think they thought very hard about when they were writing no. this, because it feels like it's just supposed to be the Dark World. But it definitely feels derivative. Oh, it's absolutely derivative. It's the Dark World, again, from a different perspective. But all, I think all of us would agree that the idea that Low Rule had a Triforce that they somehow destroyed isn't actually in keeping with the text that's presented to us. Yes. So here's a question. What are those golden triangles that appear at the end of this game? The Triforce. Are they, are, are they just like the Triforce that's in Hyrule as seen through a reflection that flips it upside down? If if Hilda and Ravio both placed their hands on it and made a wish, would the thing granting their wish be the Hyrulean Triforce? Wait, which Triforce are you talking about? The thing is, the low rule Triforce, mm -hmm. I'm saying, may not actually be a real thing. Oh. It's a reflection of the one Triforce. Oh, yeah. And to wish upon it is to wish upon the true force. Mm-hmm. The genuine article. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I feel sort of bad because so many people like this game so much, but we are not as enthusiastic about it. Why didn't Link have the Triforce of Courage? 
he was not the eternal hero yet. Does that mean the Twilight Princess Link was already the eternal hero? According to this, yes. Okay, just checking. What's your take on it, Crystal? I guess that works. Yeah, it works. Not very satisfyingly, but it yeah. works. And uh, I I haven't got anything else to say about this one. Have y'all got anything else to say about this one? I forgot to mention the part where if you, once you buy all the items from Ravio, he retires and he just lays on your floor. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. That's really great. And you can talk to him for snippets of wisdom. Really weird things like he thinks about how the earth might be listening to him at all times or something like that. Oh. Or, yeah. So he's Other, blazed out of his fucking mind. He's high as fuck. <laughs> he got him some of that good Hyrule herb. He calls you Mr. Hero and says he has a new outlook on life. Wow. Being stoned all the time. Oh, sure. You have any last thoughts, Crystal? Perhaps this is the beginning of when the Triforce starts merging the timelines. Maybe that does make sense. Maybe this is the thing that leads to the calamity. Maybe. Questions? The child timeline has become so like the accursed timeline that they are indistinguishable. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, go, no. <laughs> oh, God. I started smiling and then that it's caused like, the outburst. No, it it went through my head exactly what I was sort of obliquely agreeing to, and I went, "Wait, hold on, no, no, I don't want that. That's not on the record. It's not on the record. I'm getting tired." Let's finish up these questions. Cues. I do have some questions that were sent on Twitter. Um, and Where after- can people send us questions? Uh, you can send questions to Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com or to myself or Crystal at Camwriter or at Arcane Crystal, respectively. I did put up a question uh, tweet for Link Between Worlds on my Twitter, but I only have about a quarter as many followers as Crystal does, so I didn't get a lot of replies, but all of them are good questions. <clears throat> Stevie writes in. Could you imagine how tired your ankles would be if you had to walk in the perspective the graphics of this game were made in? Everything is downhill the same way across the entire world. How do their houses not slip down the hills? Now, to explain this question, I think it's kind of gone into in the Iwata asks. The the top-down perspective works really weird in with like 3D sprites or so on. Yeah, the way that it's constructed is that it used to be that um, things were just drawn in a way that doesn't really fit uh, any way the perspective works, but your brain would sort of fill in the gaps because it was working with sprites. But now that they're working with 3D models and trying to recapture that same perspective, the way that they've made it work is that everything is set on a flat plane, but after it gets about more than four inches off the ground, it's bent about, uh, I want to say, 40 degrees back. So that no matter which way Link is facing, he's tilted back about 40 degrees away from the camera. So it's like he's going through all these weird contortions every time you turn around. But you don't see it because your perspective is from in the sky in particular. And everything in the game is bent in that particular way. People, monsters, houses, rocks, everything. That's weird. And if you brought, if you were able to bring the camera down low enough, and I'm sure you can find some images of people having done this, you would see how slanted everything is. And yes, it's very strange. Your ankles would be very tired, but also your back would be very tired. Your ankles would be broken. Yeah, you may not have shins anymore. 
Uh, actually, Crystal, let me link you to this so you can read one of these questions. Uh, no. Jasmine asks, did you like the seashell mechanic returning? What did you think of the one bit of forced direction? Saving the sage who had Ravio's Sand Scepter in an otherwise freeform game. What do you think, Crystal? What was the seashell mechanic? The seashell mechanic is referencing, I think, Link's Awakening, how if you collected enough seashells, you'd get prizes, like a stronger sword. Oh. And in this case, it's the Mayamai who are literally seashells. Hmm. Merging from colonids. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the Mayamais. Oh. You think they're cute, though, right? I mean, yeah, they're cute. All right. Interdimensional beings from colonid. Why do you think they're from colonid? Well, they're interdimensional. Sure. And they're the seashells from Colonit. Um, <laughs> maybe they... You, another thing is that they look exactly like the super shells from Splatoon. And I mean, exactly. The only difference is that the ones in Splatoon have, like, spray paint on them. Send an image. That makes sense, since the windfish is indigenous to the dimension where Super Mario failed in Super Mario Sunshine, which led to the world of Splatoon. <laughs> What did we think about the one bit of forced direction in an otherwise freeform game once you get past the into the low rule? I was fine with it. There was no reason for it to be that way. No. But they wanted to save that really nice sand dungeon music. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we don't actually mind railroading all that much. I don't mind much. railroading at all. On, on this podcast, we're okay with... Generally speaking, I don't want to speak for Crystal. I do speak for Monica. Because she lets me. But um, generally speaking, we're all right with being directed in these games and having to do some things before other things. Because we don't necessarily believe that video games have to let you do exactly what you want to do every single second that you play them. I like a good linearity. Linearity's good. Linearity can be a fun time. And I like, I mean, I'm fine with them saying you have to do this dungeon next. I just might explore everywhere else that they let me before I go to that dungeon. Right. And I like having little things to do before you get there. Mothy asks, in the hit Wii U game, The Wonderful 101. Hold on. No one is allowed to, No one's allowed to call that a hit Wii U game. Or a hit anything. <laughs> it was hit in the sense that it was assassinated. <laughs> it was, as That is probably my favorite character action game. And... I think that I could find at least five other people who bought it, and probably they'd all agree with me. In that Wii U game Cameron played, The Wonderful 101, <laughs> our hero's journey to the lost city of Lowrule. Low spelled L-O-W. It's underneath um, the lost city of Hyrule, spelled H-I-G-H. Oh, nice. Yeah. How does this game fit into the Zelda timeline, and does it signal a dire fate for the fair citizens of Lowrule? No W. Am I the only one in this podcast who's played Wonderful 101? I have seen you play it so much, I have basically played it. What about you, Crystal? I have not played W101. Okay. Um, because uh, Low Rule in the Wonderful 101, which came out before Link Between Worlds, if I remember, is more... It's like a pun, contrasting it with Hyrule. And Hyrule is just meant to be a call out to Zelda. Of course. It even has like a couple of light the torches puzzles because that's what you do if you want to make a Zelda homage. You light some torches. 
but Lowrule is like this sunken underground city that's covered in lava. And um, if it fits into the Zelda timeline, then this is long, 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 long after Link Between Worlds. And yes, everyone who used to live there is dead. And the people who live down there now are extremely racist caricatures. Now, the main enemies in the Wonderful 101 are the Guild of Evil Aliens terrorizing humans with gigawatt bombs, energy beams, ray guns, and killer lasers federation, also known as Geth Jerk. Yes. Which implies that this is, in fact, set in the future of Termina. The funny thing is that um, the Geth Jerk Federation is also from the future. Uh-huh. The future of the, yeah, of the Wonderful 101. Um, they come from thousands of years in the future uh, when the force that the 101 would eventually grow into the galactic federation alliance or something like that is basically turning into this enormous conquering empire and they've come they've come back in time to destroy earth so that their own world cannot be destroyed in the future clearly i didn't watch you play enough this game yeah you didn't actually pay any attention i don't know why you would go so far as to say it's like you've played the game you would see some flashing lights and go, oh, it's Wonderful 101, and then wander away. Oh, you're playing that punch-out sequence again. I love the punch-out sequence. Shut up. How dare you? Um, so anyway, yeah, that the, there's definitely time travel involved in both. And I think that probably they travel to the specific point where the 100-man Sentai team shows up. Because if they went any further back, they would definitely run into Ganon. <laughs> and the last thing... The last thing you want to do is go up against Ganon with a planet-destroying military robot invasion force because he is on record as being able to take control of those sorts of things. So don't do that. And that's how that fits. Cameron, did you really place 101 on the timeline? I just did. 100%. It won't go on the actual timeline, but for the sake of this question, yeah. Wonderful 101 takes place long after the natural fall of the Kingdom of Hyrule. And it, it turns super racist. Have you all seen Gurren Lagann? I have not, though I'm told that I should watch it. It's a good show. Yeah. Your description it, of the Wonderful 101 reminds me of it. A lot of people compare the ending of Wonderful 101 to Gurren Lagann. Um, not just for its... Uh, I don't know anything about the actual story of Gurren Lagann, but because of how it deals with scale. Because it has an almost... Um, an almost geometrically increasing scale as the game goes on except for one bit where you're down at the sub microscopic level which the is a nice break. opening of Gurren Lagann is the heroes firing a big gun at all the stars in the sky and destroying the universe that's the opening yes that's the first scene okay that that's pretty good uh, the first scene of the Wonderful 101 is a school teacher um, saving a bunch of kindergartners while alien robots are attacking. And once he's sure that they're all safe in a way, he turns into the leader of the Wonderful 101, Wonder Red. You it, love that freaking game. It's, it's Shut up, it's so good. I would buy it right now if it was on the Switch. God, it's the only reason our Wii U still exists at this point. That and Wind Waker HD. They got to bring that over sometime, right? Caleb writes, Do you think every world gets its own Triforce? Or does Low Rule exist within a separate timeline slash reality in which Hyrule never existed and the Triforce was given to the Low Rulians? Why is it populated now by monsters from the Dark World? 
And to build off of Crystal's awesome theory from last time about the reverberation of the Triforce across timelines, is it possible that Demise's Curse is the thread that connects the timelines, allowing those reverberations to connect to other timelines? Is it even needed? So that's actually two different questions that we'll address separately. There's another theory about low rule. Oh no. <laughs> when Link made the wish to undo all of Ganon's evil, the world where Ganon's evil occurred still exists elsewhere. Uh-huh. And it's he low kind of he just kind of shoved it away. Yeah. It's low okay. Rule. So hold on. You're telling me that the world where Ganon's evil existed still occurred or occurred still exists. Uh-huh. So so there's a different high rule where the king was murdered and Link's uncle is dead. And the only difference is that Link and Zelda and all the sages are gone from it. And it has all the bad parts, but none of the recovery. Yep. And that's low rule. Uh-huh. I actually kind of like that one. Go for it again. You should have been paying I attention was instead of looking I... at your phone. Um... <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so... Link Link wishes everything but good. Everything but good. And the Triforce makes a version of the world where everything but good, but the previous version of the world still exists. Mm-hmm. And that's low rule. Without uh. Link, without Zelda, without the sages, without the Triforce. That's why there are no sages in low rule. There's no one for them to descend from. Okay. See... I'm of the opinion that low rule is just the dark world. It's just the dark world once the Triforce has been removed from it, and it's just taking it a long time to fall apart. The Triforce said that the dark world would fade away. It didn't say how long it would take, but this this idea I like. It's dark and fucked up in a way that doesn't really fit with the motif of the series very well, and I don't know if it really... Ca- it's like a monkey's paw kind of thing in terms of addressing how Link made his wish, and that doesn't feel like how the Triforce does, but it's so fucked up that I like it. That's a good- What did the crests change and the name of the country change? change and time time okay but it's i i just like that's good ass fanfic crystal that's good shit i like that i would i almost want to say that should go on the timeline but (laughs) i don't i don't think it fits thematically enough for me to sign off on it completely but it's so good maybe we should have a poll a poll where should low rule absolutely not this will this will not be up to public judgment you can't (laughs) no no, no, no. I don't believe in democracy. I believe in smoky backroom deals. The great bargains struck by rich wasps. But Is I'm that how you're going to frame wasp. this? Are you going to say that any... Uh, oh, okay. Sure. Okay. In the same sense that we don't actually need experts on anything, right? Everyone's opinion is equally valid. I'm saying that I believe in the democratic process. And do you believe in the democratic process? I believe that that the common man deserves as much of a voice as the elites. You believe that the common man will surely steer us out of any problems that may be facing us, like climate change. Yes, actually. <laughs> and and brain surgery. I mean, you should you should get a neurosurgeon to do brain surgery. But the elites. Uh, I think are we the should take. I are... think we should take a vote on it. See who needs to do brain surgery. Cameron, who do you think is doing the climate change? Oh, that's definitely uh, the corporate oligarchy that's doing that stuff. But also, those oligarchies are empowered by people who vote in politicians who will enact legal protections for for those oligarchies. You can point at the corporations and say, yes, they're doing it because they are doing it. But that blood is on our hands, too. 
because we are the ones who give them strength in the first place through our complacency and through our direct empowering of them. Where is this going? We're not going to take a vote on the timeline. Okay, that's a good place this is going. What if we voted for representatives that then voted where to put low rule on the timeline? (laughs) But we have the technology to obtain a direct vote. We do have the technology to obtain a direct vote, but who is the voting body in this case? The public. No, absolutely not. The three of us. Okay, that I buy. But, okay, we'd have to do some serious vetting before we find somebody that we would trust to make the fucking timeline. It's us. Is it just us? Uh-huh. Do we vote? That's, that's, is that just like a recursive nepotism or what? No, this is, um, what do you call it? Autocracy? Yes. Okay. Sure, I buy that. What if we have two kings, but then we also have an oligarchy of five commons, well, not common citizens, elite citizens that act as a check against the two kings? Is this Sparta? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or as 300 Uh, calls it, democracy. (laughs) Of course. That's the big thing. Oh, don't you just love... Sometimes just sitting back and thinking about Frank Miller's idea of the West. I, I don't. God, I, I was so poisoned by 300 that, that that when they showed Xerxes and he was just like... A guy? A guy with a beard. I was like, oh, oh right. That's probably what he looked like, actually. Yeah, he, he was probably actually just some dude. <laughs> God. Yeah. That movie is... Wow. Yeah. Also, don't read the book. It had Cersei, eh? It, um, the actress. Oh, um, I don't remember. That may have been the sequel to 300. 301. I don't know if that's what they called the sequel. <laughs> no, no, I mean, the, the movie had Cersei, or did, her actress. Did it? Yes. It, it, she was the wife. She was only in it for like 45 she seconds. a really then. cool scene. I don't Queen remember. Queen Gorgo. Y'all, I don't fucking remember this movie very like, well. Like, somebody's like trying to molest her or something. And then, oh uh, like, yeah, it's a Frank Miller story. It's a Frank Miller story, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, is she going to let him because something to ensure she gets support for the three hundred troops? And then she pulls out a sword and stabs him, and it stabs through him and the coin purse, and it's like, oh, he's been bribed by the Persians. Oh, it's still a Frank Miller story. Yeah, <laughs> but like she was really awesome. Sure, Gorgo okay. is notable for being the daughter, the wife, and the mother of a king of Sparta. I don't. Mm. Also sounding like like a boss. She's also one of the only women that Herodotus gave a name to. Oh yeah, that does make her fairly important. Herodotus has some problems. Like not being able to find out women's names or not bothering to write them down. Well, was he Athenian? Because their women didn't get out much. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the second half of Caleb's question. Um, is... It possible that Demise's curse is the thread that connects the timelines, allowing the reverberations of the Triforce wish to connect to other times. Is that curse needed as a through line? I don't think it's needed. I don't think so either. We've clearly here, we're visiting the Triforce traveling across timelines. Like, Demise's curse is treated as such a major thing in Skyward Sword that it's kind of shaped the way people talk about the entire series. But in the context of how we talk about it, I think that it's actually relatively minor in terms of how the setting functions. You were very alarmed when that fake Smash pamphlet 
it described Manuel. Ganondorf as a reincarnation of demise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That it was a fan one. That here's, fan. Here's the mathematical formula. Oh no. Demise's curse plus hunger in the heart of Ganondorf Dragmire plus power of the Triforce equals the calamity. Yeah. All right. That sure. That makes sense. I'm just Can we a, do a formula with that? I'm just against the idea that Ganondorf is the reincarnation of Demise. No, absolutely not. Never, ever, ever. Okay. And I think we have one email. And this email was sent in by Nick. And Nick writes, I was late to the party, but really enjoying your work so far. Please keep it up. I've been looking for a Legend of Zelda lore discussion fix for a while, so I was very happy to discover you. Oh, thank you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. My question, which may have already been answered, I've just finished episode 14, part 1. Which is 14, part 1? Is that Twilight Princess? Is, what is your favorite piece of music from the series and why? I think mine has to be specifically the Song of Time from the Temple of Time in Ocarina of Time. As a kid, it felt very atmospheric to me. I was hoping you'd discuss this when you receive it. As an homage to the Song of Storms paradox, as it'll be the distant future when I get to the op- get to the episode. Hopefully not seven years. Kind regards, Child Nick. Nice email. Thank you, Nick. That was a nice email. Crystal, what's your favorite song in the series? That would be Gerudo Valley. Oh, really? It's classic. You You answered much quickly. Wow. Much quicker. That's just like, done. Wow. And more um, authoritatively. Yeah. Is is there like a... Do you prefer the original version of it or... Do you like the flavor that's added by some of the later renditions, like the 25th anniversary or the uh, Smash 4 version, which goes really hard on the Spanish guitar? I like good old-fashioned Nintendo 64 sound chip. Huh. All right. I can feel that. That's a good good choice. That's a good choice. I think it's probably not an unpopular choice, even, because Gerudo Valley did really jump out at folks. Monica, do you have one? Like, I think if I put a gun to your head, I could probably get you to pick one theme per right. game. Maybe? Um, yeah, I suppose if you put a gun to my head, I would say it is the Skyward Sword credits roll. Oh, okay. So not a particular melody, but like that whole thing. Well, it's a one song. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, the staff roll in Skyward Sword is really fucking strong. Um, That's really hard, though, and... Yeah, it's fucked up hard. I couldn't really say that, and it might just change at any point. Like, I could easily talk about how, like, there's particular renditions of Terrytown that I'm really in love with. Um, I'm big into uh, a lot of the music from Breath of the Wild. Actually, we've already talked about Hyrule Castle. Lowrule Castle's amazing. Hilda's theme from this game is really good. Oh, it good. is, yeah. The Desert Temple. Ooh! Like, I have to cut in and say, Link to the Past 2 did not have as good of a staff role as Link to the Past 1. No, it didn't. That is disappointing. No, it didn't. They didn't even just play the song over again, which they really should have. They did a whole new thing, but it just wasn't as good. <sighs> it's okay, though. Okay. It's fine. Um, if I had... I'm the kind of person where any given opinion that I have isn't reliable because my opinion shifts with regards to picking favorites from day to day. So, um, Nick, when you hear me say this, my answer will no longer be the same, and if you ask again, you'll hear something different. But as of right this second, I'm going to say that my favorite song in the Zelda series is actually Zelda's Lullaby, because the way that it's used as a motif throughout the series really 
hits me on a level that goes deeper than nostalgia. It's just, it really starts tearing you up. Oh, uh, it it fucks me up every time I hear it, like really bad, especially in new contexts where it's like, okay, we're going to play the song at this moment, and it's going to remind you and symbolize the past and all the experiences that you've had, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's fine. That sounds like a good time, and that's it. I'm thinking of the Pokemon Center song. Oh man, which is now your favorite. Okay, um, Crystal, you know how um. Did you ever play Sun and Moon, the Pokemon games? Yeah, it, it might I did. Be, okay. Um, so in 2016, which is, I think, when those games came out, uh, I had my birthday, right? And it was a really quiet birthday. I hadn't talked about it to anyone, and I don't really have a presence on social media that reminds people when your birthday is. So for the most part, I got to go through the whole day not hearing anything about it, which, you know, that's good for me. I don't like making a big deal out of my birthday. But around the time that I was going through the ghost gym, I go back into the Pokemon Center, and all the lights go out. And I'm like, oh shit, what's happening? Did I trigger something? I was coming in here to heal my Pokemon. I'm not ready for a fucking fight. And then the lights come back on and they've got a big banner that says happy birthday. And it drops this confetti and it starts playing this really um, nice music box music box rendition of the Pokemon. Ce- I was going to get to that of the Pokemon Center theme. And it says, um, I can't remember the exact line, but it's something like happy birthday no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, I hope that you have a very special day. And it fucked me up really bad back in 2016 because I was having one of my depressive periods and it made me cry and shit. And Monica's starting to cry right now just me talking about this shit. Oh. Anyway, yeah, that's why I cried at Sun and Moon. And um, that's also... I know that, that I've looked it up since after that and that it's not actually the first Pokemon game to do that. I think the first one was one of the DS games. But anyway, that's one of the reasons that Sun and Moon is my favorite. Fuck it. Music gets to me real bad. He'll start crying. Uh, Music box renditions of music that I know will fuck me up like uh, nothing else in my entire life. And that's that's me. I liked the final boss of Sonic Colors. Uh It plays the main vocal theme, but like a piano version. Ooh. That's really good. And bosses that play the main theme are strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like any any main boss theme that incorporates the main theme inside of it, that's that's real shit. One of the best parts of Breath of the Wild is that the second phase of Dark Beast Ganon incorporates both the main theme of Breath of the Wild and the main theme of the Legend of Zelda series in it. It's hot shit. It's also why the end boss of Bravely Default is so good. Yeah. 100% because it incorporates all the main character themes in it. And the intro. Yeah. Theme. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Bravely Default is worth playing for the music. Like Octopath Traveler, which Monica will never actually beat. I've beaten enough. I like when the song builds up to a climax and then stops. Uh huh. And then gets one last note in there. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Much what, like is there... the Breath the of the Breath Wild trailer. Wild. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm going to have to use... We're, we're going to have to find a place to use that song one more time somewhere on this podcast. It's so good. I, oh, man. Mm, yeah. Music is a very effective thing. And one of the things that I'm most happy about with regards to Zelda in general is how the music in this series works. It's very good. 
Anyway, we're out of emails, so please send us more emails. Send us more emails. We need them. We need them because, you know, if actually, I guess we don't need them, need them, but we really appreciate them. We, we like We like getting messages from you folks. This is a chunky episode. Yeah, it's big. It's kind of, that's just what we were expecting. We have when, trouble containing this episode's power. Yeah. <laughs> we need the smooth stuff. We need, no. <laughs> I barely fit in this pool anymore. <laughs> No, when you, you obtain that smooth gem, we suddenly shrink down to like an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That delicious no. smooth gem, which is known as variable bit rate. Yeah, the variable <laughs> bit rate slims us down to about 150 megabytes. Do, do we end up talking like chipmunks? No. No? No. That I mean, I can make you talk like a chipmunk if you want. No. Okay. Just makes less data in the parts where you don't need it, like when people aren't talking. Yeah, so parts that have simpler sounds that can be reproduced with less data are using less data at the time. Variable bitrate is the only reason these episodes can be as long as they are. But I think once this episode gets edited down, it'll be about three hours. Chunky Monkey. It's a Chunky Monkey podcast. It does need the smooth stone. God, this game and it's... Do you remember Link to the Past with the Fat Fairy and how everyone just called her the Fat Fairy for years and years and years, even though her name is Venus? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Goddess of Beauty. Venus, Goddess of Beauty, Fat Fairy. Very funny. We didn't really talk about the other uh, woman of size in the game who refills all of Link's hearts by kissing him. It's funny because he's kissed by a fat lady. I guess it's funny, but it also all of his hearts refill, so he really likes it. Yeah, that's that's nice. He's into big <laughs> ladies, but also she's played as a joke, so it's also bad. I feel like the Frogert is cursed. <laughs> wait, wait, what is that? You think <laughs> Link is that guy who wrote the post? Like, as a child, I was often ridiculed for my preference for larger women. Oh, no. <laughs> Monica can't even look at the mic right now. She's fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, that's Link. Somebody on that design team does actually really like larger women, and I think that's where the great fairies in Breath of the Wild came from. Oh, yes. 100%. Which is really incongruous with how the game treats fatness as a punchline so often, especially in this one. I think we're done. Are we done? Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter. You can find me at ArcaneCrystal on Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash arcane crystal you can get early podcasts and special exclusive podcasts like let's place let's place you can get uh other podcasts on audioentropy.com like totally reprise and let's place and uh all along the watchtower and teenagers with attitude all right that sounds good just need uh one last joke oh um i feel like there has to be something that we can do with smooth stone there has to be. Um, shit. Uh, okay. Uh, no, self it's, Uh, I got nothing. God, I am. My brain is fried right now for some reason. It's because you just recorded a three and a half hour podcast. <laughs> That's probably a good reason. Hold on. It. We're really. The barrel has been scraped through. <laughs> and I'm in the dirt looking for specks of gold. There's no barrel left. The barrel's dead. A prospector. I was trying to come up with a joke on my own, but it's hard. 
it's hard to do on command when your brain is fried. Okay, hold on, I'm looking up. The uh, what? No, no, no. Hold on. Um. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. How does Hilda measure how long her staff should be? How? She uses a low ruler. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. All right. Good. Thank Christ. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.